Uh, welcome to Red River Presents. This is going to be like the first in the series um, where we're just going to talk about, you know, specific things. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't really come up with this idea. <laughs> our, our One of our guests, uh, Mr. Gore-Tex, Heavy oh. Metal Kings nonfiction, um, was like, yo, if you ever do an Iron Maiden episode, <laughs> hit me up. And I was like, well, I had no real plans to do a maiden episode but like we could talk maiden yeah so yo so today we have uh ron grimaldi from death cycle and you know everything else from from uh holding beth page down death death page (laughs) death page uh we have our our buddy mitch aka gore-tex aka gore elohim aloha (laughs) and then uh langan yes red river partner over here um so we're going to talk Maiden. We're, we're going to go through some of the records that we love. We're, we're going to take it up to like when Bruce leaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured I wanted to get it out of the way now because Legacy of the Beast tour was just announced. Yes. I got my tickets. It was a lot of money, but Barclays, I missed right? Yeah. I missed it last time. I know you went, Ron. Yeah, I did. How was it? Uh, they were really good. I mean, I've never seen Maiden be bad. I've seen them in some weird points. I saw uh, early 90s, right before Bruce left. Then I did one show in the U.S., and he was wasted, and he was, like, kicking really? cymbals. And... Wow. Yeah, it was wow. weird. It was real weird. Where was and, that? I think it was the Ritz. It was uh, 93, 92. Fe- yeah, so Fear of the oh, Dark. It was a Fear of the Dark. They only did one U.S. show on that tour. Because that's how dead metal was getting. And it He weird. was on his way out. It was true, obvious. True. It was a weird vibe. They were good, but... Wow. Hey, yeah, you he don't left. hear about those kind of shows with Maiden much. That, no, you know, no, because then Blaze joined, and then they then they went even deeper down because yeah. you know metal died, and Maiden didn't have their key singer, and you know things just went kind of south weird, for them for a while. A weird parallel too, because like Priest is like their counterpart going yes. through the same thing. Yeah. So Halford leaves, and then they get someone random as well. You know, it was definitely a, a bad time for horror and a bad time for metal. And, uh... <laughs> in the States, though. Yeah. It did oh, in yeah. the States. Overseas, definitely. it wasn't nearly as bad. They still had their legacies over there, but uh, everything was intact. But here, I mean, yeah, the vomit killed it overnight. Yeah, it was ugly in the States for I mean, they killed a lot of shit yeah. that needed to die, but some of the good metal went with it. I True. Mean, you know. Went with it, yeah. Every, everyone was listening to... Pearl Jam 10 like myself so <laughs> but uh so just for shits and giggles let's talk about like the first time that you actually heard Maiden so we'll start with Langan the first time I heard them yeah um my brother had a friend that worked for a radio station and, and would give away promos to him all the time and I remember looking through my brother's records because I was only listening to Van Halen at the time and I saw a number of the beasts and peace of mind and I was like I need to hear what's on here the covers sold me you know so that those were the first maiden things that I heard, you know. That that set me off in that getting every single record that they ever made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- those covers are obviously 
amazing. So as a kid, man, I mean, those covers grabbed you. It's like you're 10, 12, 13. Even if you're flipping through metal records at the time, the covers of Maiden were next level. You're like, what the fuck is this? Maiden was on some next level marketing (laughs) merchandise kind of shit. You know, they still are. Yeah, yeah, no, the marketing game was... Well, it got even point. bigger later. Oh, yeah. But then they just had, like... Every album has iconic artwork, you know? Yeah. The red logo. Yeah. Absolutely. It just grabs you. Um. All right, so so Gore, when was the first time you heard Maiden? First time, I think... <clears throat> I think I was on a, a school bus on in, a, in, like, a summer camp. And uh, I used to go to summer camp in Huntington. It's like... Uh, I forgot, it was Beach Y or something. Some names, like, 81 and... Uh, <clears throat> A friend of mine had a boombox, and he just had, uh, he had Killers on, which was, like, fairly new, and, uh, you know, it was just blasting, and I'm like, yo, what, what, what the fuck is that? I mean, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I knew about, like, you know, ACDC and stuff, and, but that was just, like, savage, and it was, like, Killers, and after that, it was just, like, ridiculous, and yeah. every consecutive album that came out, it was like, how are they going to top that? And they did, but. <clears throat> for 81 Killers was the most savage thing you could hear it was complete brutality it was yeah. absolutely completely I, and that was devastating the, the, I, I'll, I'll save mine actually I'll do mine then we'll do Ron because the, the first thing I, I heard was Killers um, I was like uh, so we're, we're from Queens and I remember going to um, The Wiz out in uh, on Main Street so I went up there and I, man I must have been like I Maybe it was like 88, 89. And the first cassette that I ever bought was um, uh, of theirs is Seventh Son and Killers. So I bought two of them. And they just happened to be like my two favorite covers that they have. One is just like straight up savage. Like you see Killers and you just... the, the Eddie looks like he's in, in the movie Night of the Creeps. That's what the killer looked like. Good call. Um, and then there was something awesome about seventh son like the cover was just blue it was bright and it's funny now looking back at the contrast of those two records completely because i had no idea there was two different singers i was like i didn't know i'm like i want these fucking records so that's what i got that was the first time and uh i'll get into how i feel about those two records so but ron uh my friend brought number the beast over when it came out my friend billy and uh first we went we were in school and he showed it to me in school. He like, if I remember right, he handed it to me. So I was like walking around with this fucking record and I'm staring at that cover, trying to imagine what this thing fucking sounds like, you know? And you know, you need context. It's like thrash didn't exist yet. Like, you know, there's no kill them all. There's no show no mercy. There's no nothing. Like there's the no heaviest ref- thing. There's no references. Nothing yeah, there's reference nothing. There's no references. The only bands that Maybe were out there with that extreme was, well, Venom yeah. too. Motorhead True. and Venom. Yep. And I had, just gotten into Motorhead, but you know, I knew like three songs, right? And uh, so I'd never seen artwork that extreme, and uh, and you know, music wasn't that aggressive yet. I didn't know punk or hardcore yet, it was you know, it was fucking like late '82, early '83. So mm-hmm. it's like the context, like you're talking about Seventh Son, it's like you know, yeah. by then Napalm Death's on their second record, so yeah. it's like it's a different planet by then when it. I mean, it was one of the most extreme things in the world at this time, you know, like he's hearing killers, like months before I heard Number of the Beast, it's like, there's nothing really at that level. And I mean, it just, it destroyed me. It was blown, I was blown away by how aggressive it was, yet how melodic it was, how the songwriting was so, just really complex, but like, I could still decipher it. Right. It oh, was, absolutely, yeah, yeah. They, they've, 
it was, you know, like I already liked, like, like he said, ACDC and Priest. I worshiped Sabbath and Rush, and I was just, just getting into like, I had heard some Motorhead songs and stuff like that. And then in, and in the next six months or a year, all this stuff started coming out. Like, I didn't. You know, then you discover like Exciter and Merciful Fade, and there's just like this whole wave that except. came. Yeah, except very aggressive for their time. And you know that was the wave, but Maiden was the first band in that doorway. And at that point, Maiden didn't have that proggy, semi-nerdy crowd they have now of guitar center guys. It was like a more aggressive feel. It was like. You know, was Maiden just, was yeah, a huge definitely. influence on Slayer and Merciful Fade and the bands that were coming right behind them and very aggressive because they were one of the more aggressive bands, but they maintained the melody of 70s hard rock and they they blended it really naturally. Definitely. It was extreme and yet still like... Dangerous. Yeah, it had all that... It pushed all that to the to the brink, but at the same time kept the professionalism of like 70s hard rock. Absolutely, yeah. Which is like most bands couldn't do that. No. It was so unique, you know? Yeah. It, so it, it you know blew my mind completely uh that's how i feel you know like uh it not knowing anything li- listening to those or look looking at the album covers you didn't know what to expect like could have been something that sounded like uh napalm death back then that's what the covers look like but when you listen to it you're like oh okay this is heavy but it reminded me of a horror movie yeah. Like, that's what it kind of, like... Because there was no reference, you know? There's no, no death metal. There was but even thrash metal. It spoke to you. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't just, like, noise that you would hear. It wasn't like, you know, you'd, you'd watch TV at, like, one in the morning, you'd see, like, the plasmatics... It, exactly. ...on Fridays or something yeah. like that. This was, like, specifically geared for you. It was like, this is my shit. This is... There's nothing else that speaks to me that's anything like that. Even Sabbath, which was satanic and stuff, that was cool back then. But that was, to me, that was more occultic, more old school at that time. This was so fresh. Yeah. It blew your top. It was like, I want to just kill myself or something. It was like, <laughs> it was the speed. Because Maiden brought speed into it. Sabbath it was never fast. It. But you know what's interesting is as soon as Killers got popular, you would go to the mall or flea markets and you would see merch flooded already. They got popular so quick after Killers that you would go to the mall and you'd see Killers posters. Yeah, I saw so Maiden was, merch before I heard them. I saw yeah. like, and so then when I got Number of the Beast, yeah. and you know, like the, the the thing then like I'm like 13 maybe 14 I'm worshiping number of the beast and I meet a kid like two years older which might as well have been 30 years older back then <laughs> and he's like oh, number of the beast is cool you got to hear the old shit different singer Absolutely. and I'm like what like you know yeah. I've been into like Maiden that. for like six weeks I don't know <laughs> and then they tell me and then I bought I bought Killers and I was like holy fuck it was a totally different vibe because mm. I wasn't used to a singer like Paul Diano. Because Deanna was a little more, like, he wasn't as theatrical. No, he didn't have polished. the high range. Nah, it was, yeah. It was, yeah, and most metal singers were dramatic or mm-hmm. theatrical or just a higher range. He seemed like a hoodlum. He was just a street. But then I saw a picture of him, like, he almost looks punk. Yeah. You know, he like he wears a leather jacket and his yeah, vibe hair. is yeah, almost hair. Pu- yeah, his short hair. I think he was a skinhead as a kid deal. or something. Yeah, he was. Well, he was into with, punk and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. I met him years later and talked to him about it. I kind of dogged him a little. He played. Didn't he play like Revolution or some shit? Probably, but I met him in '85 at okay. a signing. When um when he left Maiden, he put out an album just called Diano, and it sounds like Journey. Is that Warzone? Yeah, that, that Paul Diano. It's just called Diano. It's before okay. that. All right. It's before that. Free Battle Zone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I go to the the metal record store where he's doing a signing, and I was wearing an SOD shirt and a Slayer button. And you know, I'm like 16, and I that's my world. That's where I'm at. Right. And he's like, oh, two of my favorite bands, mate. 
And I was like, so why does your record sound like fucking Journey? Uh, <laughs> you said I, that too? Oh. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, I at this point, I loved Maiden for like three years and I felt like he was clowned me with this journey shit. Absolutely. And he looks at me and goes, well, you know, you make certain, you do certain things. And I was just like, no, you don't. Like, I'm make 16. Shit. Yeah, I'm make listening to Slayer and You trolled them before that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't time. want to. I worshipped <laughs> no, no, the dude. But yeah. I was just like, he got psyched on what I was wearing and his shit sounded like, you know, Separate Ways by Journey. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And you you know? Trying you, to pay you, the bills. You basically started a Twitter beef with him in person. Yeah. 30 yeah, years before. I, uh, That's how we used started, to do it. But it was just girls. pure disappointment. <laughs> right. I mean, I was glad he liked cool music, but I was also like, they were the record had just come out. They were playing it. And we were all looking at each other like we're about to meet him and we're like, God, this shit, you know, it's, it's the 80s, so spare me the PC crap. We're all just like, yo, this shit's gay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, straight talk. Like, this is gay. You know, today's, in today's world, it's like, this is too soft. But right. then it was like metal culture. We're like, yo, this is gay. Right. And we're macho and this isn't us. And, yeah. and that's what I love and that's why I wanted to do like this episode was because I feel like only real fucking fans that give a shit can really feel this hurt. You know, like only like someone who's really into a fucking band that gets a record like that. It's just like, fuck, how'd you guys fucking do this to me? And to their credit, Maiden never really did that as a band. When Deano went on his own, went south, he did that. And then he like redeemed himself. He did battles on and stuff. Right. And he went, it wasn't that great, but it was just, it was back to being metal. But, yeah. but it was metal. It was, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. they did. They it, tried. Was, it was called Hooks and You on uh, No Prayer for the Dying, but we'll get to that. So uh, let's talk about the first record. So 1980, like, I had no idea they even started in 75. I, I texted you that. So they, I yeah. guess they were kicking around for, for a minute now. Well, they had an EP way before the, they did put they? out the Soundhouse tapes, they put out a four song single. That they sold only at gigs and through the mail. That okay. came out a full like year and a half before that album. What was on that? Do you know? You remember? It's four songs. It's uh, like Running Prowler, Free, Prowler, Drifter, San- maybe. Sanctuary. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's positive. four song EP. Yeah. Okay, so that's great. Those and that are- was like, and they, you know, that's how they got their start. They were like playing small get clubs, and the one club where everyone hung out, they gave the DJ one, and it was a very word of mouth single. And even by the time I got into Maiden on Number of the Beast, that record was already impossible to get like i didn't even know anyone with it like it was just impossible what the first one the first single oh the, the soundhouse tapes okay. they made like five thousand. yeah which... you couldn't even get it you i had a chance to get an 85 in, in the record store it's it like a hundred bucks it was 60 bucks in 85 yeah they've since re-released it though oh yeah, yeah. but the yeah, original's yeah. worth like a thousand dollars wow oh, over a thousand dollars yeah a it's... mint copy is like 2500 i have the like... first press of the bootleg and that actually goes for a hundred bucks absolutely motherfucker Ooh. Yeah. Well, for me, like I heard Killers, and it, it wasn't for like years later that I went back to the first record. Mm-hmm. I never listened to the first record. I don't know why. Maybe just because like I heard Deano and I liked it, but I was so like on board with Bruce by that time. But then I I went back and I I got the first record, and it fucking it was awesome. <laughs> Banger after like Prowler. Um, it's more raw for one thing. Oh, absolutely. The writing's a little more straightforward. It's more raw, and they can say they're not. They hated punk as much as they want because Maiden always said they, especially Steve Harris. Absolutely. But his rebellion, I think, was more that labels were pressuring them to go punk and they obviously weren't a punk band. But the whole new wave of British heavy metal had a punk spirit and energy that was rubbing off on metal. The bands were getting faster. They were getting DIY, putting out their own singles. Like, So there was like a, on a subtle way, I think punk kickstarted even the metal of that time. 
because I think it showed metalheads like they're like, yeah, we can do this. Definitely. We got to do it like yeah, the I way think the it punk gave them a to do benchmark it. for like a maybe to go a little faster than the standard metal of that time, like the punk and stuff. Well, as no as metal was going that fast no. except Motorhead. No. Except Motorhead, yeah, yeah, and Discharge was huge. Right. I mean, bands like that were. They but, had to hear that stuff. I mean, you know? as that that's where I see the punk influence because musically they had better chops than a lot of the punk bands. But you the first I mean? album with Diano's voice and the rawness has elements in a punk feel. And that's pre-Adrian yeah. uh, Smith, right? Dennis that's Stratton played yeah. on that record, yeah. right? Yeah. By was... Killers, it just sounds like aggressive metal. Definitely. The the punk thing was gone. Yeah, Steve would say in, in every interview, he's like, we're not punk. He's like, don't call us punk. Yeah, he's he like, was very sick, insulted. We're sick of hearing it. But all yeah. the labels that they tried to get signed to, you know, that was that weird time where like punk bands were getting signed and hard rock metal weren't. That's what he said. I, I think Harris uh, said that basically that uh, there was like offers of like, if you guys chop your hair off, yeah. <laughs> fucking like Wear change. Cha- yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Okay. Yeah, so we'll sign you right right away. You know? Yeah, the so lab- he didn't compromise. Knew, yeah, labels also knew there was a hot sound though too because you had Maiden, but you also had Angel Witch. You had all these other bands. You had Praying Mantis. You had... Yeah. 20 other bands that no one's heard of that were kind of bubbling so it's like Maiden just kind of rose to the cream of the crop Def Leppard even Def Leppard when Def Leppard were heavy all those bands started out by putting out singles either themselves or having small DIY releases yeah in almost like like a punk way you know on through the night it was 1980 right Def Leppard their first single is 78 I believe 78 crazy um yeah, so so going to that first record, just out of curiosity, what, what do you think your favorite song on that record is? On that one, I'd probably go uh, Prowler. I really like Prowler. Yeah, it's a it's a good, good in the same way kickoff. I like Killers. You know what I mean? I just it's 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 very dark. Um, I love the title track and the, you know the song Iron Maiden too. Yeah, I think the speed I, of it, I think and the, the speed of it, and just like the riff of it, I think it really introduces that that Steve Harris gallop kind of always. You know what I mean when they're kicking in the gear. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd say Prowler's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gore. It's tough because <clears throat> I kind of love all of them equally. You know, none of them get on my nerves. Or I mean, you could say <laughs> Sanctuary or Prowler. It's a perfect <clears throat> record. It's it all is. the same to me. I can't really say there's a moment that's even lackluster. Okay. I I don't really have a favorite song either. I I would say. I agree with Gore. But I will say that to hint at what they became in their writing, Phantom of the Opera, Phantom of the Opera was probably the song that hinted at mm. him thinking more noty and more th- more dramatic. It's like the first, sure. the other songs are a little more straight. It's probably the most thought out song on the record. Yeah, it's got that off. But it's not my favorite at all. No, but it is It is like it is like a good glimpse of what's to come. Definitely. It's certainly epic. It's definitely the song I think I'd assume he wrote that toward the tail end of the last song. With you know, songs like "Running Free," you can hear were written when they were a simpler, more sure. oh, straight simpler, up yeah. band. Yeah, "Running Free" bangs hard. It's so simple, but it's just like it's just that simple riff, and then the chorus, and that's but why it's they, no frills. It's almost like it's almost like seventies ACDC. It's just like straight, no yeah, straightforward. Yeah, and that's which why is I, rare for Maiden, even then, to be that straightforward. Totally. It was <clears throat> actually. It might be their most straightforward song then, completely. What's it's cool, probably, what's cool about like, Maiden is is None of their songs, if you really listen to them, none of them sound alike from any of the records. Like you can't really say "Running Free" sounds like, you know, "Flash of the Blade" or oh, not know, even "Old Sanctuary" sounds like, um, you know, "Strange World." Every one is its own particular journey. You know, it's what true. I mean? It's like really 
fucking weird, kind of. Like, I love Motorhead, but there's 30 Motorhead songs that sound like they fucked other Motorhead songs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, and let I, me always say... that's gimmick, though. They don't care. Well, let me always say, yeah, he goes, at least I don't rip off other people, I rip off myself. Definitely. He used to say that, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it is something he But Maiden, say. it's like, every song is coming from a different place. Trans- Almost like in a band like Voivod. Like, yeah. nothing overlaps, you know? And that's cool. But, uh, so yeah, I don't really have a favorite song at all at, off the first record. I don't... I don't nerd out like that with Maiden. Maiden, I just kind of like, just enjoy the whole thing on the perfect records. Later in the game, I might be like, half this record's yeah, then, a little weak. Right. <laughs> but for the first like five records, I don't really nitpick like that at all. It's hard to pick favorite songs. Even the 10 songs I picked, yeah. Yeah. it's really hard because it's like saying- Yeah, this was rough. You yeah, up I mean? to Power Slave. I spent more I don't time have on this 10. than you know and important things in my life. Oh, you know, was, we, if, we, if, we, like, if we weren't <laughs> recording, then maybe I wouldn't ask for ten. But you know, since we are, you know, j- just for the people that might listen to it, sure, we got to talk about something. What's your favorite? <laughs> for me, it's always going to be the, the self-titled Iron Maiden. The song is just like I, li- I love the riff, but yeah, yeah, it's going back. I thought Killers was better. As I get older, I think the self-titled is yeah better. But when I fucking first got it to move on to the to Killers, aside from just that cover, like Wrathchild hit me hard. Oh fuck yeah! Like when I heard Wrathchild, I'm a like, banger. this that, is that riff is a banger. Fucking yeah! Ba- like I, that was like that was my shit right there. And Made in Japan, it was just in between those. Um, oh, yeah. Made in Japan came out after Killers. That's it's a, a live, great EP. live EP. Yeah, <clears throat> that's got a mix of songs from both albums. Great version every of version that's a killer. Tomorrow yeah, on the yeah. version of "Remember Tomorrow" is incredible. Definitely, and, uh, dude, what about the artwork, dude? I mean, just oh, the artwork. Oh, yeah, yeah. The artwork, artwork, yeah. When that came out in the middle, again, they had merch kind of wrapped up. So the first time I saw "Made in Japan" is because some fucking record store had a huge poster of it. So I like my heart stopped. I'm like, wait, where? <laughs> yeah, what is that? How am I getting that? My yeah. mom's not going to buy it for me. It's like nine ninety nine. You know? Yeah, so it's an like, import. I can't steal it. I mean, I would steal other places, but <laughs> yeah. I couldn't steal it at that age. I mean, yeah. so I mean, just to ref- I mean, the music was cool, but the, the cover is it's 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 not right. The right. cover on the back of Made in Japan, they're playing like it's like, not right. It's like two, it looks like two thousand people. It's like a small theater, yeah. and I'm like, the crowd looks so amped, and I just look at them like, decrepit. fuck, man, I want to so be there so bad. <laughs> you knew you you really felt like these guys are really trying to fucking kill you or something. Yeah. It just it was like such overload. It's like, come on, when does it end? It was the first really the caps. People like, don't look at Maiden like that, but if you went to them really early in the context of like eighty one to eighty three, it's like an aggression that people later equated to like kill them all or first Slayer. Mm-hmm. Maiden was absolutely, the band right before absolutely. that oh, that yeah. had that aggro like. Killers was you the know. precursor to Thrash in my book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially Killers. the title track. Especially Killers, aesthetically. Which know? is yeah. one of my favorite Maiden songs ever. Excellent. If you're going to Killers, like that's like definitely Killers was harder and faster and more produced and the punk was gone, but the metal was aggressive. It, it wasn't chops, like the guitar work is like amazing. I remember the first time I heard Murders yeah. in the Room org with that drum yeah, murder, intro yeah. and I was like, Holy yeah. fuck. You know, I with the exception of maybe a few Motorhead songs and like uh, maybe Fast as a Shark, but except I never heard anything that fast, you know? The it production was, was a lot better. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's really full it's, and heavy. Yeah, like, you know, Steve Harris, you could actually he really hear like what he's doing on those songs. It just really just kind of jumps out at you more, you know? Yeah. It's more mysterious. So kinda. it's crazy that, you know, like I guess what Paul, like what the story was that he just didn't want to play anymore. He wasn't into like the gigs. Or I heard he was getting, well, I mean, you hear a million things. I heard that. I heard he, yeah, he didn't want to tour a lot. I heard he got fucked up a lot. 
That's well, they had beef with him partying. Yeah. yeah. And he just seemed like the touring type thing was grinding him. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I read books that had their side. His side, I mean, I read part of his book. I mean, yeah. he's pretty shot, so I don't know That's what right. he remembers or what his... <laughs> like. He, he kind of like, he wanted... he he felt like there was so many pressures on him that when he first joined the band, he was just doing it for fun and the love, and he didn't know it was going to be 60 days on a plane. He didn't want to do that. Yeah, because it's snowballed. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to stay and get you know, They were getting up. big. And they Steve, want Steve Harris from, from what we That's all read. That's got to suck living with that. Like you were I don't know. Does he, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't, doesn't have care, any right? regrets. He doesn't no. care because the royalties he made from those records alone. Okay. He could still have like a normal life. He's not like the bass player from you know Winger or <laughs> even even though that guy probably. <laughs> shout out to Kip, that guy. I was gonna say Kip Winger is the Kip bass Winger. player. Red, red, shout out <laughs> to Red Peach. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Episode two of this series. Yeah. Doing Winger. Yeah. Winger's catalog. Uh, I won't. I won't be here that day. <laughs> no, Ron will definitely not be here. <laughs> I'll listen, but shout out to Red Beach. <laughs> I didn't think rest, Red rest Beach was going to get a fucking shout out on the Maiden episode, but here we are. <laughs> yes, he always makes an appearance. But yeah, it, it's always fascinating when someone like leaves. Uh, but I mean, touring isn't for everyone. We we're we're all old enough that we know people that you know have succeeded touring, and some who just you know like that's what breaks up a band sometimes. So, what was the longest tour that you went on, Gore? Um. Probably the Warp Tour in, I think, 2004 or something. I think we did, like... Nonfiction did that? Yeah, we did really? that. Yeah. God damn. It was weird, dude. I think we did, like, 70 dates. Holy and shit. And, like, you know, maybe, like, five days off, if that. I mean, it was absolutely Ooh. ridiculous. In a van. Yeah. 130 degrees, driving around fucking Arizona. I mean, it was it was gruesome. Yeah, it's rough. If, if you're traveling with people who have, like, whoever propensity for depression then touring is not gonna fucking work (laughs) that's what i'm saying right yeah Yeah. it's not and people think like oh yeah i can't wait to do that it's cool wait till you're two weeks in and like weird shit's happening and then you know somebody might have this or somebody has a problem or somebody has a problem you don't know about or you know weird things just pop up so you can see how like paul you know going back to paul paul would rather do coke he didn't want steve on his back to be more professional he's like i don't give a fuck yeah he was arrested at some point in like 81 with knives that was in the paper you know Paul Diano from Maiden got arrested for carrying knives and ah, ninja culture was big back then <laughs> absolutely so he just I, I mean I don't think Paul has any regrets shout out to Sho Kasuki shout out to Sho <laughs> word yeah Paul Paul, um, Paul has no regrets I mean I don't I don't think he um, he's made good solo music I think he had so many chances to really make good stuff I don't know why he couldn't really Get it together. But it's just that maiden machine, man. Fucking Steve Harris is a goddamn fucking maniac. Yeah. You know, he might just be that ingredient. But you know what? Diano doesn't belong on Number of the Beast. Oh. Can you picture no. him singing no. fucking no. Run to the Hills? No. Definitely I can't not. Picture, Hollow be thy name? Yeah. I can't I mean, picture I could picture singing. Gangland. I could picture him on Gangland. Yeah. Maybe that and Invaders, some of the faster ones. Two, maybe two Invaders. tracks. Yeah, yeah but two tracks. Where the writing was going and where maybe the band prisoner. was going. Where the writing was going and the band was going, mm-hmm. he wasn't. The long term vision yeah. that Steve House probably had by then. It's a it, different it, band. You, know, you needed Bruce's sense. voice and range at that point. Well, when they got into that, too, I mean, lyrically, they were really painting vivid pictures and stories. Like, like How Will Be Thy Name, one of my favorite songs ever, of that guy at the gallows walking away. You know, like, he paints this. Deanio, you know, that's not his style. 
Yeah, he's storytelling almost. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that theatric element that Dickinson brought to it. You Definitely. Know I mean? And the you know wider range, obviously. And then, yeah, 82 comes in, right? And fucking... And that's like probably one of the most famous album covers ever. Oh, yeah. The most iconic of any... I spent a lot of time staring at that fucking... Oh, I spent a lot of money buying posters of... Yeah, all the little men, stick figures we're doing on the mountains behind the the guys. The fire and shit, it's... It's and just, all the twelve inches, like because Run to the Hills sure. is on that record. The twelve inch for that, all those things, every piece all of, of the artwork, alternative mm-hmm. artwork was brutal, incredible. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, Did keep, Derek in, do keep all in mind, keep in mind though, that's yeah. the real beginning okay. of Satanic Panic of that whole oh, thing. Fuck so yeah. you got to remember, like when Maiden was into that, you know, you would just see instantly people with leather jackets with Killers and Purgatory painted on the back. There was a whole crusade yeah, of people project. destroying their records. That yeah. whole shit going Before on. Before Mirthful Fate and Slayer type dark imagery. And Venom was the only other one. Right. But Venom was so underground here. Definitely. It didn't Definitely. take off. That no, was like no, no. real. But Maiden was the one that like was getting into every high school. Mm-hmm. 40 kids rocking like Maiden gear head to toe. You know, It was overnight. It was overnight. You really don't see it that much. I mean, that quickly, that overnight like that. And it was people were serious about it. You know? Yo, I mean, Backpatches. Yeah, bizarre. back then, the Backpatch game was ridiculous. Fuck mm-hmm. Backpatches. People painted that shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That was the big thing. It cost a hundred dollars. That was the real game. You you must know very uh, talented people. I had a dude live right behind me. That's what he did. Painted people's jackets. Did he? Yeah. And it was mostly made. Patches was secondary. You had patches on the front. The back, a lot of times you had a full piece painted. Sure. I had both. I I had both sometimes. I lost I could never afford a painting, but I had... Shout out to Adventureland, who the airbrush game was tight back then. (laughs) I used to work there. (laughs) Yeah. Many nights. Did you do one? Oh, yeah. I like... <laughs> Airbrushing? Just, just stared at MILFs and listened to G.J. Allen. Were you shitting on the I'm floor? I'm like listening to like... <laughs> expose yourself to kids while looking at like a... Kid? Chick with a four-year-old... Kid. Like a hot mom with a four-year-old kid. And, Listen, yeah. MILFs? And, my, and Mike Ledger was the tattoo dude. Then. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. Old friend. But, uh, all right, yeah. So, go, going forward, right? So, uh, let's get the peace of mind. Because I, I feel like... Number of the Beast was good. I don't think it was a flawless record, though. I no. think it might have been out of the three. It, it had like a clunker or two. The it first did. two, it was the big songs that were so big, so Run big. to the Hills. And, but that's and not the Number thing with Maiden. You know, you didn't dissect shit like that. Then it was just like there's like very few records on earth that feel like this. So the record rules. So if a few oh, yeah. songs weren't as good, no one gave a fuck. Yeah. Definitely. And they're still so like, great songs. 35 years later, I'm like, that song's good, but these six are great. Like Invaders. No one played that game. Invaders. Like, you were on board exactly. or you weren't. Yeah. Right. Invaders know? wasn't their best song. It was cool. I thought even, you know, the hook was even, could be a little monotonous. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying yeah. that, but that's just, that's even nitpick. That didn't even matter back then. It was just. Yeah, because uh, it's like there were so few things. You didn't complain There's about like it. There's like seven brutal. records on earth that made you feel that way. So the fact that like out of 42 minutes, you know, 90 seconds of it was a little boring. Didn't fucking matter. Yeah, but you, you had you, the intro. You hear it. You hear it. Hear it would run. That's why he's here. Shit on me with everything that <laughs> oh, I said. I'm gonna fucking shit in your face and rub it in your fucking eyes. Yo, wait we get seven, it. You're seven, nine years old. Okay. Yeah. Wait till <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like an wait till no a, prayer for the dying. It's a mindset oh, and an yeah. attitude, though. It's a mindset and an attitude. Like you're so hungry for something and almost nothing feeds it. Oh, absolutely. I, and that's I, I, I the can't thing. imagine being. You know, you said you were like 13 then when that record came out, and and that you know it. It bangs completely. I'm I'm saying like now at 40 years old, me looking back at those three records, really I think the first two 
are are definitely better than, but like you said, uh, as far as uh, Number of the Beast, but man, those singles really hit hard. But Number of the mm-hmm. Beast, I just, before we go on to Peace of Mind, yeah. I really just want to say, like if people aren't listening or if they're listening, Number of the Beast was such a satanic record. Oh, absolutely. That, I mean, you know, we touched on it before, yeah, but yeah. it was it became a problem. Like, you know, if you wore shirts to school, but, you know, teachers knew yeah. about it. It was just... It, it got weird. You I remember yeah. that day. You know I got people, thrown out of a couple of classes. You know how many people got stabbed to that record? <laughs> Yo, this is great. Record, dude. I talked to my friend. He said he didn't remember it. But the dude who turned me on the maiden, do you ever see the number of the beast uh, 12 inch where he's holding Yes. He's holding the devil's head? Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, like, it's like he cut it off and he's holding it. He fucking painted that shit five feet big in the bathroom of the high school with the principal's head. It's <laughs> Eddie holding genius. the principal's head. Wow. That's and saying I'll, something right there. It's like a picture you know, of that would be amazing. It's like that's it was kind of somewhere between mindless rebellion and anger, but it was like maidenless people didn't seem extreme. Yeah, but their art and their music and their aggressiveness was extreme. Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I didn't think Greeks. Steve Harris was out like starting fights and worshiping Satan, but his band was hard as fucking nails. But they've claimed that they weren't. You know, being satanic, or they, or they, but they knew what it entailed, and they knew the gimmick was gonna work. Because you're yeah. like Rod Smallwood. He's like, listen, it's '82. These kids are gonna go fucking kill people. This is great. Let's put this out. Milk it for all it's worth. And the more people protest against that shit, here, but here's the more gimmick kids want to fucking love. Absolutely. The, uh, when they know. were recording Number of the Beast, somebody went in to talk to them from like Circus Magazine or somewhere, and, and Steve was like, "Well, you know, he's like, you know, some of the tape machines have been acting kind of weird since we've been recording the album, and you know, our manager uh, he crashed his car, and his bill was six hundred sixty-six dollars. Yeah. So I'm 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 believing this shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yo, there's mystical <laughs> things going on in the record, and I hear it. Yeah. So when all that satanic stuff was going on, these kids are killing themselves. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. There is fucked up shit in the music. The whole thing was people like, oh, there's not. Of course there is because yeah. it's by well, nature it. evil. It's yeah. evil, dude. Yeah. So they never had an evil moment after that. I like, mean, the chorus of the title track. It's was everything. Dude. The satanic it's anthem the for like, as a little kid. He's promoting a ritual. It's not. Yeah. It's like it's it's one but, thing to say, ooh, you know, children of the damned, you know. But when you were a kid, right. you a ritual loved is happening that tonight. Shit. That's like so. I, like people, yeah. people really took that shit to heart. That's all I want to say about Especially it. Especially like really back then, that. like no one was. I always thought that, that was Vincent Price too in the beginning. Till, till I read up. Yeah. Oh, the intro to number of the beast. They got somebody else. When I was a kid, I always thought it was, was Vincent it John Price because Vincent Price wanted, Vincent wanted twenty six thousand pounds or something. They, so they got some guy that sounded like it. Oh, you know, uh, that could do it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't John John Larroquette. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't get him for that. It wasn't available. <laughs> Shout out to Night Court. Yeah. You know, like imaginations kind of. You know, it's almost like the black metal scene later on. Mm-hmm. The bands they worshipped weren't as extreme as the lyrics. Yeah. Of first wave thrash metal and death metal. Sure. But these kids are alone in Norway and Sweden. And mm-hmm. Their fucking minds are dark. And here's like, here's a blueprint on their records. Right. On And it's like, and they took that and went further with it. And that's what every generation did with sure. metal. Because Venom was goofy as hell as you got all day. <laughs> I love Venom, never, but like it was silly a little. It bit. It was never you know goofy. I mean? <laughs> it just see, it wasn't goofy to me because it sounds like violent music mm-hmm. and it's nonconformist. But it wasn't steeped in a cult. Kronos did some goofy shit though. <laughs> but you're missing the point. They were never. They weren't a cultist. No, no, no. They were like rebellious metal dudes singing yes. about what they sang about. They didn't. I didn't think Venom. Were deep like occultist strength. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I, I loved it. Like it was rebellious and satanic, and, and like it was pussy. metal. Right. But it was like 
But you know, other bands, you could be like, yo, they're they're living this as a lifestyle. They're not just wearing it sure. as a like a as a trendy thing to brand or just to be rebellious. Venom came off as like just kind of like pushing boundaries and mm-hmm. but not like but you know, just a few years later people were real and it was like they were reading books and worshiping stuff. You know, and Venom was things. Burning yeah, churches and then all it got, sorts of stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, but so but, the Vark. So like he didn't seem goofy in nineteen eighty four. No, no, no. He looked goofy. I just told him that in as hindsight, years went just, on as you got older, you were like, Oh I, Yeah, but he'd never like but he never proclaimed to be it. He was he looked like a guy just like you know, just a metal dude pushing. Yeah, he boundaries. always seemed, he always seemed to me like he didn't care, like he was just having fun. Right. Kind of like let's get pussy and let's just drink alcohol. Yeah, like, it was like a metalhead partying you know? and being extreme, but right. not being like other bands had like agendas, you know. Oh yeah. But it did I don't think that made him goofy. I just think it made him not based on like a movement that was darker. That's right. all. Yeah. King Diamond came off more serious in the Merciful Fate days, but King Diamond he seemed more like he was like role playing and mixing like horror themed stuff. But Merciful Fate came off as like dark music with a message. Yeah. And it's clear. You read those lyrics and it's like, you know, he came up, they hated each other, but King Diamond seemed much more like it was part of his lifestyle and Venom didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And King, you could tell. King, King Billy. King Wanker. Yeah. They would just <laughs> torture him, you know? <laughs> All right. So mo- moving on, let, let's talk about Peace of Mind, which I think in retrospect, is pretty yeah i mean i hate to say i listened to it yesterday for the first time in a while really yeah say what you i was gonna say like uh as time goes on man it's it's it might be i'm not gonna get into favorite yet but it it might Mm -hmm. be up there man it's it's fucking fantastic i can't say enough i have to say it's my favorite since we're it's my favorite too man it's my favorite if i have to pick a favorite it's just song by song i mean just I mean the production. That's production. I mean, even the songs courses. no one talks about, like "To Tame a Land" and "Still." Those life. are my favorite. Still, still life. life is one of my favorite songs. Still life. Yes. Sun and steel. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Those are horrific. I love that record. It's not my favorite, but I absolutely love it, and it was huge for me. Like, I mean, "Where Eagles Dare" the 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 lead off of that. Ah, oh, so great. There's Nico nothing kills the it on that shit too. That that's, well, that's Nico the joining absolutely. the band. You know? I I'm a Clive guy. I was oh, going to ask way. where you guys so stayed on the... Clive, Clive, of course. Clive yeah. left after Number yeah. of the Beast. He yeah, was yeah. gone. And then Nico came in on Peace of Mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't like him nearly as much. I think he kills on Peace of Mind. But yes. I don't I don't like his style nearly as much. I think and that's totally where the aggression agree. left a little bit. Definitely. Oh, yeah? Totally agree. I think so. Yeah. I agree. Listen to those records. Clive's fills are more aggressive. He does tons of hi-hat stuff. It's also stuff. production, though, too. Like, the sound of it. Like, like Clive's is a little more lo-fi and very, like, a flat yeah. sound. Nico's is a little more progressive yeah but i think some of the riffs called for that i think like on peace of mind i don't know he's necessarily would hear clive burr doing all that i just kind of hear yeah. nico he he was great there for, were different for songs what he did. different yeah. songs yeah. Different but you drummers. could hear like like slayer and merciful fate and bands like that definitely loved like a clive burr tr- type drumming oh, yeah, definitely, style definitely. Mm-hmm. and like i don't think nico nico was like more laid back he was aggressive but like in a single bass kind of way I agree. You know, it's like, I agree. and he rules, but it's like, you know, it's not the same. It's a different, the writing was changing. The Definitely. drumming is changing. The songs are becoming a little more, um, it's a little more dramatic, that, a little more drawn yeah, they're out. More that they yeah. were so, such an amazing band too, because album to album, you look at the growth and the change in songwriting. It's always pretty, you know, 
You can tell. You can hear shit. one song and tell it's not from the, uh, another record. No, sure. they weren't like from the production the to the playing. Shit. Yeah, they were like pushing themselves for sure. Mm-hmm. And I love that record, but I would say it's my favorite. But I, I do love that record, and I like the songs even. Like everyone in the beginning, people didn't like "Die with Your Boots On," but I always thought that was I awesome. love that's a great song. Song. But that was the song when it came out that people shit on. Really? Yeah, like, but, oh, yeah it insane. wasn't. It wasn't the most pop- people. Yeah, wanted to that hear was the one. People like, oh, that song's kind of whack. I'm like, nah, I crazy. Yeah, so you you guys remember the vibe? So that, totally. What, what was the vibe in '83 when that record came out, as opposed to everyone uh, I knew loved it, and that's when it wasn't just underground people. Like by peace of mind, almost everyone who liked metal was starting to really like Maiden. Which was cool, but a little annoying too. I mean, it was a little me weird. Personally, I didn't... By Power Slave, it got really weird. By Power Slave, it, was like, it got bad. I mean, but... like the hair metal girl all of a sudden worships Iron Maiden, and then you're like, <laughs> yeah, but, pe- but peace of mind. Metalheads are right. always like that too. With that band, we want to keep that band in our back pocket. Well, I'm the biggest. Vic- too many people. I'm the biggest like... victim of that. I would go. To, I mean, I'm I'm a walking victim of that because I would go to the mall, <laughs> and again, now peace of mind is coming out, and it's more it's more people more people that are getting into it, and it's like more merchandise, and I see more people. You know, random kids with like a poster. And I'm like, yo, what is like? This isn't cool. Like, you don't know anything about this. You do, you might have heard Flight of Icarus because you have MTV, yeah, which was a fucking luxury back then. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Hell he yeah. saw you know he saw Flight of Icarus. Now he's buying everything. Like that offended me. You know. Yeah. I went into a store. I wanted to clean everything out. People. Then I'm like, I don't want any of this here. I want to buy every single item. Yeah. <laughs> yo, remember Spencer's? So nobody could. You can't have it. that. Yo, shit. you remember kiss. that store, Spencer's? Spencer's? Yeah, yeah. Plum yo, tree. all of a sudden, Spencer's like by peace of mind, they had. All maiden shirts and stickers, buttons. Yep. ashtrays, yeah. like ashtrays. the bumper stickers. And I'm like, I went with my friend Pete and a few other guys, and we're like, whoa, we were like just surprised. Yeah. It was like, shout out to Different Strokes, Smith Haven Mall too. Yeah. That was my spot <laughs> for all my maiden. It was. Like, I remember going, telling all my friends like when I got in the maiden as a kid, and then as I got older, I'm like, the second I get my my <laughs> learner's permit, I'm going to Riverhead. <laughs> I'm gonna buy. I bought the whole Maiden section. Just like that reminded me what you were saying. So I bought every single fucking record they had, every 12 inch, anything I could find. Yo, I had. I only had out. one wallet in my life, and it was when I was 13. I found an Iron Maiden Velcro wallet at a Absolutely. flea market. Let me show Absolutely. you this wallet real quick. I've had this since I was 15, and it's finally falling apart. Wow. You found that since Costanza. you were 15? Yeah. Wow. 20, 20. Is that 25 years? Yeah, 25. Yeah. Years. I got to do math. That's impressive. <laughs> Right, Karen hates, but it's not Maiden, but it's cool. No, yeah. no, it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know that Maiden. Maiden's like uh, at that point, Maiden was really reaching a next level. Well, because like MTV was like a thing by then, but right? they weren't showing that video much at all. No, Maiden no, no, had no, no, no radio, no. and that they video weren't. was barely ever on. It was a real blip on the radar. When you when they showed Maiden, you would like call your friend, like "Holy fuck!" Yeah, they're they, showing a Maiden video. They played Def Leppard. You know, they play even yeah, which it was, was cool, pyromania which was cool too. Shit, but you know, Quiet Riot was like the kickoff, and I, I think that was like '83. Right, '83. Them and then Twisted Sister. Those are the two oh, bands yeah. that really brought. Video metal video into like the forefront. Definitely, you know that was like. I mean, we grew up on that, so me and Gore know. But Maiden was like, you know, they'd show Maiden like once a week at like two a.m. and you'd be like, "Holy fuck!" Like right. I stay up late yeah. enough, I catch a Maiden video. You know, isn't it great that you could just pull anything up now? No, it yeah. sucks. You it's know good, why? It's, it's good, it's it, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's great and it's convenient, but it sucks because it's like you know you can spend. You know, there's a chronological order to life. You can't listen to Napalm Death Scum and then check out, like, Number of the Beast. It's like, you have to take steps to get to the top and to understand life. And the fact that 
it's amazing that it's all at your hands, but if someone doesn't teach you the proper way and the evolution and the path and the roots, you're just a jumbled idiot. And that's why kids today go from Blink-182 to Morbid Angel and they say everything is lit or sounds like fire and all this <laughs> dumbass shit. Oh, wow. It's all that's dumb. That's real, dude. That's real. Because they're just... I, these I think kids, that was my status last night, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, with it probably was. <laughs> because these kids are just... Fire like, as fuck. They're human iPod shuffles with ADD and Absolutely. no understanding they listen, of They anything. listen to hip-hop and they listen to autopsy. Which Totally. In a way, yo, in a way it's cool. It's way cool in one way, but it's like there's a... They don't understand... This difference the difference between scenes. Blocks. They don't understand the legwork. The, the legwork is really yeah. what he's talking about. Because exactly. You, you could go on SoulSeek and download someone's whole catalog. You're not going to understand it chronologically. You're not, if you listen to, you know, they're going to listen to No Prayer for the Dying. And then they go, oh, maybe I should listen to Killers. And you're going to compare the two records. And it's just. Yeah. You ever go on YouTube and you see like a video for like, uh, you know, like the eighth obituary record. And some like 18 year old kid will be like, this is cool, but deformed cunt crushes this. <laughs> And it's like, yo, dude, whoever deformed cunt are <laughs> prosthetic. Cunt they were three just... when obituary formed, and they worship obituary. It's and a obituary is fire, though. Made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and where's your house so I can light it on fire? You fucking nerd. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. And even when I got into Maiden and Number of the Beast, I wanted to know what Maiden liked. I wanted to know what Merciful Fate and Exciter and Modad. I wanted to know where they came from, and no kids do that anymore. They just jump and jump, and it's a scrambled mess. And then, then, and then, like music becomes like this jackass culture of what's more extreme or what's more whatever. And that's that's not real art, and it's not any building blocks. And no, it's definitely not. It doesn't. It makes you not understand things if it's not in context. It's yeah. convi it's so convenient I, so if you have the the knowledge. It's convenient because we could say, oh yeah, let's do this. Check this out. And check that out. But for someone. Who's thirteen? It's, know, it's like, like punk kids. Saying. Like punk kids want to hear discharge, and fifty bands are like discharge, and they hear Ramones, and they act like it's pop music. It's like yo, if it was nineteen seventy five, what the fuck do you think you would have liked? Ramones was the only thing on the earth that extreme, right. but they don't get it, and it's like so. I have no patience for that. If anyone's listening, uh, Gore and and Ron are opening up a child. We're very angry. <laughs> We're very <laughs> angry bunch tonight. <laughs> they're yeah. they're opening up a child care facility and they're they're going to school you your, your yeah. kids on. You're um, going to hear Bathory before you hear uh yeah. you know. Yo, Pro they, there's, prosthetic cunt. There's exactly. Levels, <laughs> there's levels to this shit. But you'll get the prosthetic cunt. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you want to chime in, we'll George? Give, and then we'll give you a prosthetic cunt so you can practice and when you finally get a girl, you're ready. <laughs> All right, I'm never going to say lit again. I get it. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that word's weak, dude. So, so mo moving forward to and you're uh, forty. Who the fuck's is lit at forty? Yeah, but you know, but you know something. Wait, I'm not, wait, I'm wait, not, wait, 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 I'm not lit? serious when I say it. <laughs> hey, but I'm lit, just saying. Lit is a new, people using lit as a new slang. Lit yeah. was more like '91. Lit literally, you know. Lit you was mean? like early '90s hip hop. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it left, and then now. Yeah, now it's, it's back. back and, yeah, now it's back. It's, it's like saying herb and acting like it's new and cool. It's like what. That word's from, yeah, that word's it. a relic. I love the word. George, it's like these Long Island freaks that still say mint. They need to, be, I mean, oh, wow. that shit is nuts. Right, you know what? Not, mint, mint is terrible. <laughs> mint has always been But if a you're Long Island trash, it has yeah, a special, has. mint has a special spot in your heart if you like Long Island trash. Mint or sick are the two biggest. I say things. sick because, I mean, I'm a caveman, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little caveman too. Yeah. My appreciation okay. is just that sick, is okay. sick. Sick is metal at least. So mint is corny. So yeah. now Maiden, like, basically goes to like a different planet, I think, on Power Slave. 
Uh, yes. Like you said, you know, uh, other people started getting into them. There are some like weird, like proggy stuff. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is a fucking 13 minute and 49 seconds. And song. also lyrically, they go further. It becomes more like, I'm like, I'm cutting class by this point, And they're giving me like social studies lessons. Oh, yeah. definitely. I'm You're like, right. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm like, right. I don't pay attention to anything my teacher says. Now but you love Egypt. My teachers culture. have taught me yeah. this shit. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I wasn't listening. But Maiden talks about it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Well, thanks to Uncle Bruce for doing that with us. Yeah, he educated uh, us a little bit. But uh, bangers on there too. Sure. I, I think two minutes to midnight. Bangers is, is not a metal word. <laughs> Let's be real here. Oh my! Bangers. All those songs are lit. Who the fuck says bangers? Talking about a record from 1985. How, you, how are you getting back home? Is what I want to. <laughs> I don't care. I'll walk with my pride. <laughs> uh, yeah, but two, two minutes to midnight, total banger. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ace is high. Lit. Great. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything on there. Shit's but, fire, yeah. But but you could tell like the complete difference on that. And, and so that was like 84. That was like actually right before. It was 84, yeah. Yeah, so that was like right before Alive After Death. Um, so going back to, to you guys that you remember, maybe you remember a little bit too, Langan. Mm-hmm. What was the vibe on that record compared to like the rest of the discography? It, it was just a, conti- you know, based on what we were saying about Peace of Mind, it was just a continuous build onto that. It's just bigger and bigger Still a band that could do no wrong? Yeah, no question. It was a religious vibe. No question. I remember seeing the cover. And, um, <laughs> you know, it went from, like, peace of mind, which was gore, and, like, you know, you mm. also, like, we didn't touch on the fact, like, there was, like, every co- every cover, you had this emotional connection to the cover because oh. if you because if you had if you had a connection to Eddie, it was just, like, a continuation. So now it's, like, Number the Beast. He was, like, oh, this is, you know, he's God and he's controlling everything. And now Peace of Mind came out. And you're, like, wow, I feel bad for him because he's locked up. What's going on? And then mm-hmm. Power Slave, it's, like, he's on top again. It's, like, on this guy again. is fucking God. It's just. God, that's, yeah, yeah it's a good angle. Wow. Well, that's. It was really you know, deep, though. It'll dude. say something, like, part of Maiden's allure and, like, thing couldn't exist in a digital download era because they oh no way they yeah. really that's used a good point that's artwork. a really good point between yeah, the 12 inch singles had exclusive art and their album covers there was a lot of storytelling and a lot of uh like you know that you studied your shit then you know you're 12 oh, to 17 cool. you're staring at you put these the, maiden you put the needle on the record and you sat back and yeah and before analyzed you even did every that, little like, i'd be in the store i'd be taking the bus home or my bike home and i'd be like yeah. Staring at this fucking cover, sure. you're almost imagining what it's going to sound like before you hear it. Definitely, and you don't oh, know definitely. where it's going next. And Power Slave, I remember seeing the artwork and being like, "Whoa, this is less extreme, but it's deeper." Yeah, and then I saw the song Absolutely. titles, and then the first time I listened to it, I mean, I still remember the first time I listened to that record because it was aggressive, but in a clean way. And it it was like it was like you were saying it was like they really they the writing was really really thought out and very. Um, they took storytelling to the next level and they used like, you know, they went into like ancient history and mythology and it was, it was just, it was just much writing. deeper mm-hmm. record. Every it's song a, was absolutely different sounding. Yeah. You know, it, it was really different sounding. The production I thought was absolutely amazing too because yeah. like Ace is High, the beginning of that, I mean, it's so clean that, you know, like the harmonies, it was just like, wow, this is a complete next level from Peace of Mind. Even though that existed on Peace of Mind, but... The they expanded just, it. They expanded it to like a completely different level. Like Ron was saying, lyrically, it was just every song was another chapter of something. Whether it was like the Duelist, a Flash of the Blade, uh, I mean, Two Minutes Blade, to Midnight. Sure. Like I had just gotten into punk in like late '84, right as like I got Power Slave, and I was like, these are fucking punk lyrics. Like this is like 
really like strong anti-war. Especially yeah, two minutes to midnight. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know they made they made two minutes to midnight the single, and it was like, it was. I mean that record blew me away, in a more mature way. And you're getting slightly older. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still a f- I'm a retard at 15, but I'm not quite as dumb as I was as I was 13. And I was like. I was growing a little. Maiden was growing lyrically and visually and artistically, and I was like along for the ride. So I wasn't disappointed at all, and I loved it. And even the song like "Rhyme the Ancient Mariner," yeah. I had, you know, going back to like when I grew up on classic rock. Even then, I didn't know a song except for "Inagata Davida" that was that fucking long, fucking and I wasn't ride. bored. No, that, like two yeah. or three minutes build up. Like, it was like four different songs. Well, there were pieces, and even the yeah, two or three minutes slow build up. Sure, I didn't have that ADD back then. Like I was like. <laughs> Hanging on every note. I was Absolutely. like, this bass, is awesome, solo. and I'm on the ride, and I loved every song. Oh, when it kicks back in after that yeah. break, too. It's yeah, the kick-in is so epic. hard. Oh. So it's like it's like really perfectly crafted like metal. It's a great record. And that's the first tour I saw, which oh, was yeah, also I was huge. That, I was going to bring that up, because I know Ron specifically saw this tour at uh, Radio City Musical. Yeah. I have a quick story to tell, basically. like, Did you go to that? No, I, I didn't, actually. I was... Probably like 10 or 11, I convinced my mom to buy me tickets because they actually had commercials on the radio for it. So now, imagine you're listening to the radio and two minutes to midnight comes on. And it's like, you know, get your tickets now, blah, blah, blah. I asked my mom to get them. If I was able to behave and like, you know, do my chores and not, <laughs> not be a fucking asshole, she'll take me to the show. So I did everything I could. I cleaned my room. And, you know, something happened. And I seen the tickets. She showed me the t- I said, could I see the tickets? She's like, no, they're in an envelope. You don't need to see them. I said, I need to see them. Just let me know they're real, okay? She shows me the tickets. I didn't go to the show, dude. I don't know exactly what happened. Dude, I did not go to the show. She didn't take me to the show. The show existed. I sat in my room, clinically suicidal, knowing the show was on. They oh, played that six- hurts. Dude, you went to the show. Yeah, yeah, I did. I have the ticket stubs. Unused tickets. You stuff. still have them. Oh, so you, I still you, have them. Oh, those haunt you, dude. I was gonna bring them. Actually, <laughs> yeah, the you should have, man. man. You brought everything Radio out. City unused Gorbrot ticket sick stubs. Maiden swag yeah, here. I'm gonna, got, take, I'm gonna take pictures. And I'll use a dumb them. word like swag, like yeah. just to be hip. So actually, so Ron could. So now Ron could. He could. He could explain the show at Radio City Music Hall in January of Well, that was weird. Man. I wasn't there because so. I, I had just started going to metal shows, and it was like, um, you know, we were like 15. So me, I went with um one of my two best friends at the time and uh his stepdad drove us and said radio city which was he was the furthest thing from a metal dude he was a total nerd but he heard it was at radio city and he was a little at ease because you know new york was this is 84 new york's a grime town yeah yeah but he's like oh radio city classy and um rockets but it was weird queensrike were opening and radio city was not which was cool it was um the warning tour yeah yeah. the ep warning yeah i love that record record. and the ep ruled before it So we were psyched on both, and um, but we missed part show. of Queensryche because Radio City was not used to metal, and this was like when metal was really metal. Every dude had spikes up to his elbows. It was like youth culture. Yeah, yeah, but it was also biker culture. Okay, it was like Definitely. because like we showed up and we're fifteen, and we were my friend's stepdad. He's sixteen; he's year older than me, and um, and they're the lines going crazy slow. Radio City has never had a metal show in their life. And at the time, Maiden's one of the more extreme bands. So every metalhead is there, and they're in full force. Except me. And they're acting metal, and they're looking <laughs> metal, and they're sounding metal. Oh, man. And Radio City was not comfortable with it. And they had, like, 
six foot tables. They were taking everybody's spikes. They were taking everybody's spikes and they were putting names on them, like name oh tags. And saying, you have that. to pick these up after the show. And there's like straight up like Hell's Angel type dudes and they're trying to take their spikes. It was really <laughs> awkward as fuck. So we missed part of Queensryche. Queensryche was really good. Maiden was like, I mean, it was incredible. It's like, theatrically, it was awesome. They sounded phenomenal. They did like, were they doing Deano songs too? They did like they do like they do on Live at the Death. They okay. do like maybe three. Okay. They do the song Iron Maiden, free. Running Free, right. Maiden, the title track Running Free. And they do Prowler, that show? They did one more. There's the more, one release of Live After Death too and then they re-released it with other songs and I had it on a single actually too. I don't know if like, uh, like uh, which one is Murders in the Rue Morgue? Yeah. Did they play that one? I don't remember if they played it, but they might. They used to do the that. Replace. One of those songs that weren't on the official like cassette release of that thing. But, but they uh, were. I mean, they were fucking incredible. Top of the game. And they game were supposed right to there. do, I think, seven nights. They only ended up doing five because Bruce, Bruce got, got sick. sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only went that one night. The guy who turned me on the maiden went twice. And, um, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go once. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm sorry, twice. man. Your story that is sad. That that hurts. So what the hell happened? Shit. I don't, honestly, I never found out why she didn't take me. It was it was really fucking bizarre. Did you? Not I mean, I'm haunted room? by shows I missed, yeah. but missing Maiden at that point in my life would have been crushed. No, no, no. It was unlike anything you could imagine. Yeah, that's like. I mean, my walls were just like even then. It was just like wall to wall Maiden posters. Like flags. if you were an actor and you had to cry in a scene, they were like, "Think of something really <laughs> yeah. sad from yeah. you." I mean, you I would mean, pull that shit. Up. I mean, honestly, it's not pulling anything. I mean, I was sad enough. I probably, I probably did cry. <laughs> I'm sure, you, man. I would. I would have punched the wall. I mean, I, I was, was already like, that. I was doing that. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I, was, I mean, that was. But uh, I, wow. then I, they came back on the second leg and they played Nassau Coliseum, and that was in May of '85. Mm. Bastard still didn't see that one either. That was with accept opening, and that was. Did great. he say "Scream for Me, Long Island"? I he don't know. To. I think he had that, to. He Long had Beach, to, yeah. Long Island. Yeah. But on, that no. thing, <laughs> I'm sure he did. In hindsight, he probably did. But Sometimes that I became a thing after that record came out. You know, that became iconic. You know, but um, but yeah, that was. Both those shows were incredible, but by then, but then by '86, I started going to clubs, and you know, by the time somewhere in time, and those other records came out, I mean, you know, I was going to CBs every week, and I was going to Lamore every week in the Ritz, and I was oh, seeing every underground hardcore and thrash metal. And so I actually didn't see Maiden again until that show I mentioned in like '91. Okay, I didn't go to any of those. So that's my Maiden live stuff. I was. I'd moved so far into the underground by then that I loved Maiden all the way, but I didn't go mm -hmm. see him. I didn't have the money. I could see five punk shows for Definitely. the price of that one right, Maiden show. Right. And money was a factor. I was a kid. So it's kind of like you changed more than they changed. You just They didn't really change at all. No. And I kept in well, touch. Well, somewhere in time was a... Well, that's, but yeah, they didn't I change did. like in a way that like... No, no, not like... I never felt betrayed by them. And went, yeah, no, yeah, I never felt no, betrayed no, no. by them. I just... I went deeper and deeper down. Right. I think it's an interesting topic to... um. You know, after Power Slave, you want to we move on to like live, live after death. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's kind of interesting because, you know, they obviously toured a lot for that album. They toured all over the world. It really burned them out. The booklet in there has the tour, and it's in. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's insane. It's outrageous. Yeah. But Everywhere think, that had electricity. Basically, yeah. Played. Everywhere but third yeah. world countries. For real. But I think I think ultimately that's kind of scream for me Beirut. <laughs> yeah, right. Scream for me Iran. Yeah. I think that's the borderline between like the change of the group. I think something really burned them out, and and uh, you know you can tell stylistically after that. I remember you mentioned this, so let's hear it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I could go on for three hours about what yeah. I think happened, but um, I think the songwriting changed. Um, there was inner turmoil and just like issues between certain group members, between like Bruce and Steve. I know those guys had definitely some issues. Um, 
stuff like Bruce would be annoyed that Steve would have his monitors on in front of him. So Bruce wanted to be up front, and Steve was like, well, I want to be up front. It was just, you know, weird stuff like that became kind of like friction. And, and you know, if you're touring with people for two years, you're going to get burned out. So I think, you know, somewhere in time, there's a few good things on that, but I think it's a real dramatic change. They use guitar keyboards. I mean, you can get into that, that later. That synthy thing came in. Pre-Sid Turbo around that time. Yeah, I mean, like Adrian Smith, was Adrian Smith got like, um, Adrian Smith got like these, uh, these like deals, you know, like sponsorships. And at first they didn't really want to use the guitar synthesizers, but they kind of caved in. So that's and why Rush that and Priest was, and all those more iconic bands were starting to go that way with their Turbo. Turbo, and was it Power Windows by Rush? Power and like, and that Adrian was, Smith wrote a lot. That was his absolutely. biggest writing contribution. It was, I which I think is the so, writing that he's talking about. But he wrote Wasted Years. And Wasted Years he wrote by himself, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So if which you is my favorite years, Adrian Smith solo, too. <clears throat> but I have to say, solo, the, my last really special moment with Maiden was they premiered the video for Wasted Years and that dude Peter I went to the shows with they premiered it on MTV and we saw it together and it like, I mean, we loved that song and the video yeah. was incredible. It was sure. like, you know, showing all the tour memories and stuff. But then when the album came out, it was a bit of a curveball. Mm-hmm. You know, and by then I'm listening to fucking like, you know, Ignacy the most ex- front. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening to like yeah. Hellhammer and like things way more extreme than that even. Like I'm tape trading for like the craziest shit. So Maiden was like, by that point they were like a classic band in my head. Even though it only yeah. been like Four years, maybe. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like time, like w- definitely went on. Like you get eighty six, especially like that's like Thrash is fucking gearing up and all that other stuff. And but by then I was ten steps past Thrash, like because I got into Thrash so sure. early. So I was into like, you know, I was buying like rehe- I was getting rehearsal tapes with a hundred songs on in twelve minutes. Like, <laughs> so like yeah. I wasn't like the a Master of Puppets ruled, but like I was ten steps past that past and that. Rain and Blood, Japanese grindcore. And yeah, I was so deep into and... everything that by that point Maiden felt. As old as Led Zeppelin in my head, even though I still love them, and I get there was it. sadness. You, you there, do, was, there was sadness for me a little bit because the cover got me really excited. The artwork was great. Derek Riggs was it was amazing. That artwork's crazy, yeah. and the title the track most is going on. It really yeah. did, but the title track yeah. I think is amazing. Oh, the title Fuck track, yeah. But that, great. but love that's that I think that's that, and um, maybe another track. That's the only real dose of of anything they give you for. for I feel for like long term fans. I mean, mm. they could have done stuff that would kind of cater to like the people that have been with them so I mean I think it's a songwriting kind of the change up you know, you know I, I, mean? I actually it's, it's, always liked the record and I still really really like it Sea of Madness Sea of Madness is a shit I but like I, say, I don't like that I, mean, I don't like Sea of Madness uh, okay I yeah, like yeah, it but, yeah. no, no doubt I mean I think honestly the production is Too great thin it's, it's okay but Martin Birch I think that's his he was I think he was losing interest personally so I mean but again listen people some people love that record some people love uh, Seven Sun as production is the best. I mean, you know, it made me sad a little bit. That's all I could say because I was like, okay, there's two songs on here that I'm really feeling that are really comparable to anything that they've done. Yeah. So you're giving us such a great cover, but why is this a lack of all the hidden little things for diehard Maiden fans? And the oh, cover yeah. was like, I mean, incredible. Yeah. To this day, there's like so many references, and if you it's know amazing. your Maiden history, it's like. There's 75 little maiden clues all oh, yeah. across the cover. It's, it's like, really elaborate. I mean, I still have the poster. Luckily for that, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful artwork. It I is. Just, yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's amazing, yeah. But why why couldn't they just produce more at the time? Instead, they went into this weird, almost why you weren't, feel, you weren't feeling heaven can wait? 
<laughs> not for yeah, I mean, <laughs> not for repeat. But for me, see, the whole thing is for that album. It's not. It's not good for me for repeated listenings. That's what made mm-hmm. me annoyed about it. It wasn't. It's like their album I could listen to the least. It was like it just didn't pull me in and say, okay, it's not die with your boots on, but give me something. Some, give man. me some mean potatoes. I mean, everything up to Power Slave. We're, we're actually. I'm, I'm gonna chop it here. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll finish it. Cool. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, somewhere in time, I, I dug it. You know, like, uh, it was the second thing that I got. The first thing was, um, like I mentioned, uh, S- uh, Seventh Son and, and Killers. And, you know, I'm eight years old watching MTV, and I'm sure um, Wasted Years came on. And when I got the record, the one song that I really like, which is funny because Gore says you don't, I think Sea of Madness for some reason. Like, I don't know, man. I thought that chorus was just really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that chorus. But you could tell now at this age for me, looking back at those first five records and to what Somewhere in Time is, right. it's fucking night and day. Yeah, that, it was the turning point for Heaven sure. Can't Wait could never be on Peace of Mind. No. I mean, no. And it certainly wouldn't be on the first three. No. Certainly not. I mean, it would have... Alexander I the Great might be one of my least favorite Definitely. songs But it's the ever. last song on the record, isn't it? Yeah, it It's is. kind of there for a reason, I think. And it was, yeah, it was almost the end of my crazy fandom. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they were probably... Well, the next record's the I actually song. think The Loneliness of the Long Distance the Runner is a I like really that. good song. I, I like that, that song. That's a good yeah. song. I actually yeah. forgot about that. That yeah. was uh, that was a... Uh, actually, no, Stranger in a Strange Land was the, the other video. Stranger Somewhere in a Strange time, Land and Wasted the Years were the two great. singles. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian Smith yeah. wrote them both. Really? Yeah. yeah. But uh, Loneliness and the Long Distance Runner. Yeah, I feel like that's song. like a sleeper I was a long distance runner, actually, at the time, too. So it's very... Yeah. So you were living that life. Were you lonely? I was living that life. That's inspirational. Dude. I was kind of lonely. <laughs> I was kind of lonely, but it had nothing to do with running. <laughs> yeah. I was just a dork. You had, you had metalhead loser. You had your yeah. uh, Walkman with the with the foamy tips every time <laughs> in that denim fucking inside pocket that held a Walkman. Yo, That's you right. were privileged. My shit had no foam. My foam died <laughs> off like foam. five years ago. Foam. I had yeah, like I never had foam. That plastic used to dig into my ear till it was oh, bled. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I but I used to steal Walkmans almost every day in high school. That was part of my, uh, you know, part of being a delinquent metalhead. Then was how big? How big? Were breaking the original, things or stealing things? How big were the original <laughs> yeah, that's Walkmans? What it was. Yeah, dude, was my huge. Walkman was like the size of a boombox. Like an army phone. Was it? Yeah, it was embarrassing. You know, when we used to blast Number of the Beast, my friend had a boombox like the size of this table. The shit was like it needed wheels. Twelve D batteries. We, yeah, I was gonna say how many batteries. Yeah. Walkman like, yeah. is still better than the disc man though. You had to get that shit. When I ride my bicycle, I'd have to hold it just right. Yeah, I'd be on my 10-speed with my disc man, and I'd almost kill myself. I would hold it like this. I'd levitate it, holding it up so it wouldn't, like, shock exhaust. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a fucking primate, but in the era of iPods, I still had a Walkman. I remember I I walked into, like, a health food store, and I'm listening to Johnny Cash on a tape. And the lady's like... And I remember I just poured about a girl. My eyes are, like... Bloodshot from like half crying, half wanting to die, and I'm on. A, I have a Walkman and a Johnny Cash tape, and I flipped it over because it ended as I was paying for like whatever I was buying. And she's like, she looked at me like I came from Mars. She's like, <laughs> she's like is that a? Fu-? She's like, she was so she's like sixty years old. She's like, is that a fucking Walkman? I'm like, yeah, man, Johnny Cash. Creed. And she was just like, what the fuck? My girlfriend left me. My whole oh, life okay. sucked. I mean, you know. Say no more. Yes. So no at like 36, more. I had like a fucking Walkman. But 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 it was because this man's sucked dick. Uh, I wrote. A, I don't drive. I use a bike. 
I use a Walkman <laughs> over a Discman exactly. any day. Oh, yeah. Where you, but the CDs weren't really even a thing in '86. They, they were just they were, starting. The, yeah, I they was just, just thinking Walkman Discman. Okay, yeah, the all, long yeah. sleeve, like remember, like the long boxes, the long like, boxes. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely, totally empty. But by the late the '80s, yeah. CDs were dominating. They yep, were, sure. but like to me, it was like what, however much money I had. I was buying all the Maiden on vinyl always. I, yeah, of the size I was a, of the cover I'm always a vinyl and how great the artwork was. I yeah. wanted the big fucking thing, and then you tape it to your cassette and take it out. Yeah, that album. was the game. That's CDs the were a specialty. CDs, yeah. you, you know, if you had twenty one dollars, exactly. Like, yeah, you they know, were also expensive. Like if you saw a carcass import, it'd be like twenty three dollars. You'd be like, ah, you had to you be know. fancy. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be a real tough guy. To and you know, re- recomputification has to, to have that perfect CD sound. <laughs> You'd have to ask Ron <laughs> to steal it for you. So um, yeah. everything that you actually, because I know you, you you do a lot of like the selling of like the records and shit, Ron. Uh, yeah, is it all the stuff that you bought? The stuff I sell? Yeah. Um, no, I'm usually selling doubles because I've bought other collections or I just stumble upon some stuff cheap here and there. Okay. And because uh, I'm like a thrift store, garage sale, flea market. His shit is mad. Like, I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I have over. Speaking of Maiden, between between LPs and picture discs and singles, I have to have a hundred Maiden records. I have to, because I have like, I mean, I have every album on vinyl except for the fucking uh, Blaze stuff. I've got every twelve inch, pretty much every seven inch, every picture disc. Twilight Zone. I've got like, yeah, I got I got everything but Soundhouse tapes. I've got the running free single. I've got all that shit. I've got like, and if they made a seven inch, a twelve inch, and a picture disc, I have all of it. Even Japanese, I have like every, I have every Maiden record. I think up to somewhere in time on Japanese. I have so many Maiden records. What What are some of the best B sides you think, Gore? Because I know I was going to ask you. About. We should talk about their covers. They do some yeah, really yeah. weird covers. Oh yeah, I mean sure, we'll but that's B sides. It's the same shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think I, my favorite cover that they've ever done is "I Got the Fire." Yo, yes. to go deep though, the live yes. version with Deanna, you know what's up. Absolutely. They, we recorded Absolutely. it with Bruce, and it's cool, but mm-hmm. it was on that 12 inch live That's EP. That's when you first heard oh, it. Wow. Yes. Was that was made in Japan? No. It's, no, it's, I think it's that, is it the Sanctuary one? I think so. With like, it looks like he's stabbing Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I think yeah. it's on that one. I that was think. that was savage. Somebody made me a tape. And this that is Anthony. so raw. So brutal. It was so no, raw. I never heard it. Yeah, it's a great it was, song. Oh, it's I've only heard the Dickinson one, though. I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard Oh, that. the Dickinson yeah. one's a studio one, right. and it's cool. But, I yeah. mean, the one that we're talking about was like it, what you bought in like 83 right. on vinyl, and it's fucking rough. I got to hear it. Yeah, so that, yeah. that Montrose track, um, they do, uh, I mean, Cross-Eyed Mary was the B-side of Trooper. The Cross-Eyed tall Mary was song. pretty cool. That was cool. Uh, that song, King of Twilight, is a cover. King that's of Twilight. the B-side. Of, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's a neck to cover, right? Yeah. Is it them or... Don't they? Yeah, I think it is. And they King do of Twilight. Um, later on, they did stuff like Juanita and like other. Uh, yeah, they have weird B sides. Some of them are like B sides. They have some like funny ones, but then but then this obscure of covers. Huddersfield. Sheriff of Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, they get a little weird. You know what is interesting? Going into Didn't he write that, a comic book about that guy, Bruce did he? Dickinson? I'm pretty sure. He might. In have. between learning to fly planes, he I think he did. worked in writing a comic book about that character. I could be wrong. I, I mean, they they just released. A comic book this year, last year. Yeah, why not? Legacy. I mean, they've done everything else. Yeah. Well, they they even have a fucking an, an, an app for Google. Uh, They're like an Iron Maiden really app. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't get it, but and it's free, and it's it's like a video game, I guess. Like Eddie, just you know, it's like is Eddie, it like the Eddie's Ed Hunter name. one they did? It's better than that, but it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's it's all right, I guess. It's cool, yeah. but you know, 
it's like cool. Kiss, it's cool, but dude. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't alienate you when they make too no. much merch. No, somehow. they can't make I enough as yeah. far as I'm I know. concerned. I told <laughs> Iron Maiden House. I told, like I told Ron Hot in the Shade out. is like the first Kiss record. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I mean, if he wonders why I'm told trash. Told myself. <laughs> yeah. Was that your first record, Hot in the Shade? <laughs> yeah, he didn't write that part. Well, I'm just saying. Great like, cover. I, I was fucking nine. Great album You are forgivable. You are very forgivable. Yeah, I forgive right. you because of age. Yeah, it was a fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Desmond sex. Child was but what's, <laughs> what sane person talks about Kiss and name drops Hot in the Shade? I mean, well, because I knew, I knew it you want to talk about yeah. Cold Lake, Celtic I Frost. Knew, next? I knew <laughs> that's even darker than Cold Lake, though. It's, yeah, that's it a darker. I knew it was going to get a reaction out of you. I just didn't think you were going to tell me to kill myself ten minutes before I was picking you up. With the yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> asylum, Asylum is a cool starting point, you know. Um, yeah, but I hot mean, in the shade, it, it, it gets scary. The, the, start there. <laughs> yeah, the earlier stuff, I believe I get it, and and I think yeah, because I think Revenge came right after, so which is a heavy record. Yeah, but that's because the world got heavy and angry, so Kiss had a. Cash in because they're Paul chameleons. They always change. They're chameleons. Yeah, they they're are. Totally they're, the, they're the worst chameleons. They stand that's a whole all, all the time. That's, that's the easy worst when you, ever. When you stand for absolutely they nothing, they went disco in the stand late 70s. for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'll defend them though. That's the horrifically sad thing about it. Is, it is. So I defend. Terrible. I didn't mean to start off the kiss. Fucking yeah. Seventy-five percent of kiss I stole back, even though they are the ultimate horrors. Some of them really atrocious, dude. They would make a grindcore record if they thought it would sell. They really would make. I would buy that. Yeah. yeah, they did every trend. They did everything. They did Ultimately. everything. They jumped with everything. Everything. Paul's neon guitar and like the, you know they went glam. It was a they, went, they went speed, disco they, in the late seventies. Speed metal in eighty two. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, tears are falling is brutal. Yeah. Like, when when Paul looks at the camera and oh the tear God. coming down his cheek. So oh, that's epic. That's epic corniness. Brutal. Brutal. We'll save, anyway. we'll save that for the yes, Kiss the episode. Kiss show that I'll never um, Are we moving on after? Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's go to the record that got me personally into them because it was that the, the one that I bought, which was Seventh Son. And I know, you know, shout out to Derek Sessions. Anytime I mention Seventh mm-hmm. Son, he he grabs his heart like Red Fox because <laughs> he just he just can't comprehend yeah. that that's my that, yeah <laughs> that's my dude. Gorgeous. I love Derek. Yeah, me too. But yeah. I I mean I don't hate that record, but. Say your piece, worship yeah, it. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna bow. Out. I'm such a, <laughs> I'm a pop monster. I like melody. Uh, for me, I I remember having that cassette and uh, just Moonchild, Infinite Dreams. I hate the chorus of Moonchild. Moonchild, stop it, you idiot. Open the seven suit. I I, <laughs> I actually like that record, but that chorus just gives me ear cancer. I yes. can't stand just something, that chorus. There's something it, about it, it reminds me of Marillion. Marillion. It is super goofy. Uh, but Did you get that that was a concept record, supposedly? Because no. I never understood I that. that. I didn't buy right? it. Was a After record. the fact, they said I, that. I do know Derek Riggs was unhappy with the band at the time, and he definitely he wanted to go in a different direction, and they were kind of pulling him to do Seven Sun. So if you see the direction. That's interesting. He wanted to do Red Logo. The classic, and mm-hmm. it's ironic because they had a contract with him worked out where Derek Riggs was like, "Listen, after we're done, you're not using any red logo stuff. You can't do that. You can't use anything that's like my Eddie." So if you look at Seven Sun, there's not much Eddie there. No, no. It's like like yeah. when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, blue cover." Yeah, there's nothing. There's I think nothing it's really striking it. art. It is striking, and it art. fits in that thing of maiden art grabbing you. But 
It was supposed to be, but it's so different than background. what Maiden usually looks just like. Just the color, I think the color. I think it, for me, a lot of the art and a lot of the texture, a lot of it is about colors. And I think I just didn't like the way the logo looked in that color. It was too much of a change for me. So the first I, thing I thought was like, "This is beautiful. It looks new agey, though. It doesn't yeah, look the like the background that. was like supposed the new to Enya, be the new um, Enya album, the Frozen level yeah, of exactly. Dante's Hell. That was what the background was supposed okay, to be. Okay, that's what I figured. And then as Something far as like why they cut Eddie in half and all that other shit and the fire coming out of his head. So, so you love that record? I do. Um, I, I really like that record a lot. Like The Prophecy is a song that's been stuck in my head for about 30 years. I don't know why. It's just a memorable uh, melody and the clairvoyant, like just, I mean, that's just great songs. Killer chorus. I, I love every song on that. The record. evil that men do is a yeah. really good song. That That's fits well live. Like when they play yeah. that live, it's great chorus. Really good. Yeah. Yo, know, I mean, by the time it, it's the first Maiden record I didn't buy new when I got into them, my friend got it. I was like, it's cool. I, I, I didn't need it in my life. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's a in hindsight, it's a good record. It's a totally a good record. It's not like I hear it and like. They don't. I don't expect them to make me feel like they did in 1983. But it, it, I rarely go to it, and I don't need it in my life. But it's definitely a really good record. I just don't. I was ten planets away from that by then, yeah. and that 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 went even further out. So it's like, I didn't go to the tour. I didn't. Yeah. I bought it like a year later when I found it used, and I listened to it, and I know all the songs. It's cool. Yeah. But. It's not even in my top five Maiden records, you know. It's like I can't, I, like I can't, I can't, um, I can't really. I don't know most of the choruses on that record. You know, like Evil That Men Do. It's like I well, should that's know a that, hooky one. But I don't even. They still play it's still not it a even, lot too. It's not even. Can I, can I play it, with Madness? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here and there, I don't want to say single. it's a bad. I, I get why you like it. It's just yeah. for me, it was just like I took it real personal. I was, not, like, I was like, okay. <laughs> Somewhere in time was cool. Now we're losing a little yeah. bit. Now, after, after live, after death, the spirit was just slowly kind of being ripped apart. Now when I when I heard this, I was like, the production is dry as fuck. I thought this just my, my sure sure sure. To, like there was nobody manning the the board. It was just like really dry. And then with all the textures of guitar synthesizers, that was the last kinda, record. I mean, somewhere Birch in time in Seven Sun, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's bringing and up. He retired after this record. I he think, didn't. I don't right? think he liked. I don't think Birch liked the direction they were going in right. because he just kind of stepped off. Yeah, and you could hear. You know, it's sort of like when you hear Rick Rubin when he's away from the console. He's 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 like you know Birch didn't feel like he even was there. Mm. The synth sound for somewhere in time, and then that record is definitely alienating to the more aggressive older fans. Yeah, I could still. I like Somewhere in Time. I actually like Somewhere in Time a lot more than Seven Sun, but most people don't think it's as... Most people like Seven Sun better. But um, it was just... It just... I didn't... Like I said, I didn't need it, so it didn't impact me. But it's cool. I mean, I bought it eventually, and I like it, and, you know. It's a change of songwriting. If you look at the credits, you know... It, <laughs> That's it, another thing, yeah. I think Steve. I think Steve got burnt out. I think Steve kind of... You know, you had you know. I don't know if Dave Murray, how much he was contributing. I know Adrian Smith, and you know, he just, never wrote a lot. I don't think Murray, no, right? No, he didn't really write a lot. Yeah. No. no, no. I think also, like you know, you have, I don't know, like five great records in a row. Their, their touring schedule. Had I mean, I don't know be. how they wrote anything by the time Power Slave came out because no, they, they were on the road every, every yeah. day. <laughs> Even on Peace of Mind, the tour was crazy. How the fuck did you write Power Slave when you well, toured? Well, that's the scary thing about it because because by the time Life Live After Death happened, you're like, okay, that's it. They can't 
because they can't, can't keep yeah. coming back for it's that. Nuts it's nuts to even think it's you impossible. could. It's impossible because if you're touring, even if you're writing, how are you going to yeah. write like uh, Back in the Village? Like how would you write that song after Peace of Mind on tour for 180 days? Yeah, I, I can't where even that, imagine where is that, the time where is that coming ideas. from. It's, it's like, so that magic, I mean, the initial alchemy was, yeah. was after live after death for me it was like because they were workhorses they were road dogs you know well because so much money was coming in it's like yeah. when you have management telling you listen you're going to make 15 million dollars each you're really going to have to you're going to have yeah. to do 300 and then dates. you know albums came out every, every year and a half then you know Almost. it's like not yeah, like yeah. now people take three years sure it was like clockwork like, so it's, it's nuts the schedule they had well, I mean, a year back then was a year. Time was time was different back then. You could yeah. actually now a year is nothing. It's like you know, time nothing. moves so quickly. It's yep. like it flies. It flies. Groups couldn't possibly you know do what they did and put out a record every year. Now, not what they were doing. And you no, could, no you, you could absorb a record back then. Sure. Like now, it's like if the record doesn't hit you in, in a week, you know, sometimes there's like twenty other releases. Yeah. It's there wasn't a lot of stuff out back then either. If you your options were different when you went into a record store. Yeah. So if Power Slave came out. Whenever it was November of '84, what were your other options? You know, you could buy Defenders of the Faith, or yeah, like there was it, like you know what you were talking about the internet and the pros and cons. Mm. The pros is you get exposed to everything. The cons sure. is even if it's iconic bands, it's like you don't have a month with a record. You have an hour and a half with a record <laughs> because then you get you, you sign on the yeah. Facebook and you see three new pre-orders and you see a new song is streaming, and then before you know it, it's like, and very few people take the time or have the time. To sit and let a record sink in and really yeah. like well, get into your there's soul. There's YouTube, so you you know it's yeah. like you can't. It's like you know you might want to sit and listen to a full record, but oh, there's that and there's that, and well, I could listen to that. It's like people's concentration is just kind of shot. It's it's you people can't don't do listen to a record too. They also listen to a song. That's another part. You know, people stream a new song. The concept of an album is kind of lost, especially in the way Maiden was doing it, with like where you're connecting art and lyrics and music. Most people aren't doing that. On the way to work or on the train, they're like, oh, I'm going to download and stream the new Maiden song. That's a totally different experience than buying the vinyl or the yeah. CD, like we all did as we were kids. Yeah. Even your age, even being younger, you did it too. You, I did, you oh, absolutely. You were an album guy. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's very different. And, uh, so I mean, that's... By then, I think Maiden... I mean, metal was changing so much, and then Maiden was kind of... Uh, what else was out in 88? A lot of shit. Well, thrash, well, I mean, thrash, well, thrash and early thrash death metal everything crushed up, everything. Yeah. And those guys didn't like they didn't like thrash. They weren't they weren't happy with it because of how quickly it was just kind of taking over. But you had options but not really that many. Now that, you know, there's 8,000 albums back then, what would you really get? I mean, if you didn't buy somewhere in time yeah i mean i was buy. we were underground so i was buying every record well, dark on. angel i mean yeah i was buying know. like metal yeah, blade I mean, stuff and noise records and underground stuff but the average maiden fan wasn't doing that they were waiting for three weeks or a month for one of their 10 favorite bands to put out a new record Ozzy, maiden, yeah, it was acdc ozzy priest yeah. and you know and then some newer bands like wasp and stuff were coming up but it was like you know and that was also part of it it was like you know if you were like me and Gore, you were hungry for what was heavier or faster or just new. Wasp so, was speed metal. You know, I want to be somebody. somebody that first I, album is I, crushing. I bought, I bought that record and that someone's like, so yo, man, great. did you got to check this out? This is speed metal. I was like, I know about speed metal, man. I don't think Wasp is speed metal. No. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it is speed metal, dude. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy it, but it, it's not speed metal. It's a metal. hard record. I though. put it on and I want to be somebody is a speed metal track. I mean, it's the only one on the That's record. such yeah, a yeah. great and song. 
So I mean, yeah, that's so that whole very, record's amazing. Yeah, that's a you. that's a critically heavy record. They also share the same management as as Iron Maiden. Okay. So um, yeah, Rod Smallwood. And, I mean, yep. that's that's a whole other topic. I mean, we can talk about the Rod. Wasp episode. What a genius we'll get is on that. But Maiden with Bruce at that point, I feel like between the touring and even for the biggest fanatics, I think people always respected and loved Maiden. But I don't know anyone who thinks like No Prayer or Fear of the Dark are like important albums Good. in there. Remotely you, good. You could probably take those two albums and make one good record. Sure. Yes, yes. I heard you Fear could. of the Dark. I'm embarrassed. I heard Fear of the Dark not that long ago. Okay. It's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds yeah, like, it's good. It's like I'm like, all right, this isn't this isn't bad. <laughs> it know? it has this song that like me and my bass player Dave always laugh at because we loved it, but it was so stupid. And Tail Gunner. It's just like <laughs> climb into the sky and never wonder why you're a tail gunner. Your tail gunner, <laughs> like it's it just like the most ridiculous. Most thing. bands but, only might do one song in their career about World War One yeah, dog no. fighting, but they they got another <laughs> but one. He's also, after high, but yeah. he's also a pilot. But he's also a pilot, so it's like you know. Thank like you guys covered the subject. At least he didn't write like a concept album about fencing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he was big into that. I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I listened to Bruce's audio book. It's like eleven hours. And, <laughs> I got the book. You know, really? he brought that. Yeah, it's he, interesting because he kind of just. You really? I really did. He kind of just like For this episode. He goes over <laughs> really important stuff. Like he just yeah. kind of forgets that like peace of mind and live really? after death happened. Yeah, he's like, yeah. So after peace of mind, oh, so uh, somewhere in time we did that too. I'm like, yo, what? What are you shot? So he like three years of his life. Yeah, and, and most of that was talking about fencing rather than talking about... <laughs> Yo, he loved uh, fencing. He, he really was did. like Steve Harris. Kerrang has pictures of him fencing the everywhere. The duelist. Yes. Yeah, yeah the duelist. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so going forward, I remember, you know, No Prayer for the Dying. Uh, and I think that was the first album cover that Derek didn't do. Yes. Yeah, I'm it is. pretty sure. I think it is. It's terrible. And by then, you know, I I was old enough to like just kind of not like it. Yeah, (laughs) I was just because Holy Smokes was the first like um, single, and by then there's weird songs on that though. Isn't like Mother Russia on that? Mother Russia was weird. Um, There's some decent songs on there. Accident. What is it? Um, We got Adrian Smith left for that record. Adrian. No. Yeah, Janet Gers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That what do you guys feel about him? Just holding around and wait. Then. He's fuck that. Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Thank you. Is he talking about Johnny? Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other three-hour <laughs> podcast no, on our hatred of this guy. Yeah, it's just like death threats. Because yeah, yeah. him and Eddie Trunk. Let's Yo, like Ron. Oh, Ron fucking. I like, hate that yeah. human being. Your post. It was like a paragraph post after like the last show about Yannick Gers. Oh right? God. His dancing. The that ballet prancing dancing. fucking bitch. First of all, you're in a band like Maiden that has like. A lot of energy, but it's like organic, natural energy to yeah. music. And you're like this prancing, you look like a Broadway loser trying to steal <laughs> the spotlight. At Yo, one point, with I want to stab I'm like, Definitely. you know what? That's nice. It's, they didn't have the heart to find. It's like a Rick Allen thing kind of. Hey, we'll keep the guy around. We'll have three guitar players. Yeah, but, but you know get, what? I don't need him out there. But I you know why he's Adrian there? He's, Dave. This guy, Janet Gers, I mean, I respect his history. He was in a new He was age. in White Spirit. He was in yeah. White Spirit. This guy is only here because Dave Murray is a lazy motherfucker. You understand? There's no other <laughs> reason. True. Because Dave would... Honestly, you hear that, Dave, Dave Murray? He let's, might be let's speak facts. Dave would rather be playing golf, which he does. Dave is the least, the least metal member. Yeah. And he didn't, they didn't want a member change. So Dave's like, I can't really do this anymore. If you know this, all his solos are changed. I mean, a lot yeah. of his... So they brought this dancing fucking retard. 
that can't sit still. But he's he like came from Bruce's eruptic. solo stuff. That was like yeah. the original Tattooed in. Millionaire. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know. He's that. on that first okay. Bruce album. All right. Oh, I didn't so know that. that. Yeah, Tattooed he's on Tattooed Millionaire. Millionaire. Right. He yeah. is no, right. I'm not crazy. Yes, no reason to bring him into the fold. It's it's on that. There's no reason to have nine guitarists. It's well, just, I get that yeah, they brought him in to replace Adrian, but then once Adrian's back, it's like all right. And it's just visually appalling. And at that point, word. it's like <laughs> it's distracting. It's like okay, yeah. distracting, yeah. distracting, yeah. distracting. Yeah. Fuck yeah, disrespectful, <laughs> atrocious. Yeah. Yo, I'm going back. Vile. Like, I'm like going back to like violent days where I'm like, I want to bring a slingshot in and shoot this guy right in the throat. <laughs> I would buy tickets he puts his just foot to harass up on the monitor. <laughs> he puts his foot up on the monitor right. like a yoga mom, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why doesn't someone I punch think, this guy? I honestly didn't think I didn't think we'd be going there tonight. Where we're talking about, oh, I, I knew John, we would be. No, no, no. I didn't know we're talking about Janik's foot on the monitor <laughs> because it's exactly where we need to be right now. <laughs> there's, Yo, there's no other apex of. Let me tell you, I think he's looking at Adrian and Dave, thinking like they're playing guitar, so I don't need to play guitar. I'm just gonna swing it around my All head. Right, right. Dare you? That's How it. dare you take that stage and do that? Yeah. This you know is white really spirit. Is? This it's is not don't, white spirit, brother. Don't take the spotlight. Don't bring an energy and a and like a, a hogging of attention to a band that has a, the hugest legacy without you. Yeah. You're not even like you're not even part he's of any like, of it. Like plug in and hatred, stand dude. behind Eddie somewhere. Yeah, stand a, behind. He's we're talking be a silhouette. deep hatred right now. You're talking like that. The the, 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 the the, the energy we're, we're like shooting at him is so negative right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, he probably just had a heart attack. His, we just killed him. Yeah, man. we just killed him. He's the nicest guy in the world. He might as He's well a get his. He might as well I'm get, sure he is. He is. He might he as is. well like wear Hi. a suit and be like the other Boston guy that doesn't do anything but dance around. <laughs> yeah, just, it's like. Yo, drop the guitar and just dance. Hopefully yeah. he's not yo, plugged be the, in. Be you know? the bass player at Judas Priest. Stand by your amp and right. shut the fuck up. Yeah. I prefer that. I prefer Ian Hill a lot more than Johnny He holds it down cool. Uh, he holds it down mad cool yeah, he just rocks back and forth it's That's like you, you play bass in ACDC and Priest you just do your shit yeah, play your position and man. you're real and that's it yeah but <laughs> this guy can't he can't sit still if you notice no he's he cannot freaking, stand still no, for a painful second as fuck. it's terrible but on Brave New World he actually on Brave New World he wrote some stuff and I actually do like it I think he actually fits in the modern if you go into the modern Maiden thing he fits in the writing scheme it's just this whole stage and performance stage. thing. You're, you're right. defending him now, but you just wish... I'm just tes- defending tes- his... Tes- you, I'm him. defending his musical input. You want him to be heard, but Visual, not seen. Yeah. I mean, he should not... <laughs> you want him dead. Definitely. Yeah. All right, no matter what... No, we'll tag him in the episode and see how he feels. So. Um, all right, but... So, yeah, no prayer for the dying. And then, you know, Bruce leaves after Fear of the Dark. And looking back, Fear of the Dark had some pretty decent songs. I think Be Quick or Be Dead is one of the best songs that they've ever did. Um, I don't think it's one of the best songs they ever did, but it's a really good song. It's a great song. Yeah, it's really good. Whenever I go see Live After Death, which is the premiere Long Island. Oh, yeah, I know who those two are. <laughs> well, actually, you had a thing about tribute bands. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. A lot well, of my I... friends do it, but I mean, it's just not me. It's not me. Yeah. I mean, I like to make original music. I don't even like to do cover songs with bands I'm in, but... If you were to do it, do it right. And Life of Death are fucking they, they great. Do, they do it. They amazing. are great. Yeah. And that singer is in a bunch of like original heavy metal bands. He's just a really talented guy. Yeah, they've been doing it for a minute, man. And and whenever they do... Uh, and they do deep cuts. They do deep cuts and they do Be Quick or Be Dead as well. Um, and they, there's some really good songs on Fear of the Dark. And I like that um, Fear of the Dark, the title track, became like a staple now. But they forced that because they played it every tour. I don't think anyone gave a flying fuck. Really? 
They've played that. Maybe it was the, maybe it was the whoa, 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 whoa. It gets everyone singing along. Well, it's like from South America. It's that European South America shit. But South America love no prayer for the dying. I mean, those people love everything. Yo, let me tell you. Maniacs. They rap metal hard there. Yo, I'm to, you know, believe me, I know South America and maybe I don't, but I, my dad is, so shout out to him. But like, they love fucking Maiden. Down Maiden's there. like a religion. Down it's there. like insane. They yeah. sing the riffs to every song. They sing the riffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they were doing that in 81. They're the first, yeah. yep. you know, if you listen to shows from 81, even with Paul in the group, they were, yep. they were singing Sanctuary and Prowler. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at that movie you've seen. The Rock in Rio the, is like it looks like well, the whole country. Yes, there. and the That's flight six six six, flight six six six, where they it's fly like, they to shut down India the country and that video? everywhere they go, they are rabidly yeah. followed in all those. countries. And it's funny because when all right, so Bruce leaves, um, and you know we're, we're gonna stop there. Yes, but like when they come back, when he comes back. Um, it's that we funny. have to talk about. Yeah, let's, that talk, was let's huge. talk about that because, like, I remember a time where, like, Maiden couldn't fucking really. Draw well, I'll tell you, well. when they came back, you know, they had no new studio album. Brave New World wasn't out. Bruce gets back. And I remember I was like, where are they going to play? Because Metal's so fucking dead and Maiden was low. And they did two nights at Hammerstein and sold it out, which is like 2,500, 3,000 yeah. people. I went both nights. I spent. Uh, Whatever my story is, but I spent my last pennies to go. I was like on the balls of my ass. My life sucked, and um, I was like, "Fuck this, I'm going." That's a fan. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I went the first night and I spent like pretty much every penny I had, and then um, and and they were fucking incredible. I mean, it was like to see Maiden in a club, even though it was so late in the game. I always wanted to see Maiden in a club, and I finally got yeah. to see him in a club. And I remember that Ed Hunter video game come out and they played the the instrumental off the self-titled and I'm all the way in the back of fucking Hammerstein. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see Maiden from the 90th row. And I just put my head down and pushed my way all the way through like I was at a Cro-Mag show. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> and I got all the way up front and I got like that Maiden club experience and they were on fire. Bruce just came back. That band, they had no new record. So it was just like nothing but classics. They were ferocious. The next night I was... My friend's like, yo, I got an extra ticket for the next night for like 20 bucks. I'm like, dude, I'm meeting you here tomorrow. I don't even have 20 bucks yet, but I'll kill you if you don't hold that for me. <laughs> and he did, and I got in the second night. I actually met Steve bucks, Harris that man. night. Man, 20 bucks. You met Steve Harris? I met Steve Harris that That's night. That's episode. And it was probably... Yeah, that, it's all right. You didn't ask him to come on? <laughs> but yo, that was the first time where it felt like metal was starting to come back. It was like, it was small. It was like a little ripple a little wave but like people were rabid to see Maiden with Bruce again and Bruce wanted to be there unlike that Fear of the Dark tour I saw where he looked like he wanted to just be in a bar and it was like it was over at that point he wanted know? to be uh, playing a show and they killed him by the way in their last in their last show with him they made a pay-per-view of it and they killed him on stage you ever saw that? no that's how they got him out of the band. They, Eddie like what? decapitates him doesn't he? oh my god really? isn't really? that what they do? yeah look it up you got one of them that. phones I, I think that's, it, but I didn't I think that's that. how they got Bruce out of the band. Wow. So anyway, so that second night at Hammerstein was amazing. And I met Steve Harris, my friend's like an industry dude. And he's like, you want to be Maiden? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I go downstairs. There's like these really normal Maiden people. And I'm like a punk skill, like just eating free corn chips, waiting to meet Maiden. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Where is this dude? And you know, I went up to him and in my head, I'm like, it was the first guy I ever met. Because I've met like a million people, even by that point, because I worked in the industry at a lot of levels. He was the first guy I was like a stammering 13-year-old. I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. How to like 
even thank this dude. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what do I say to fucking Steve Harris when I you have 20 seconds? No, you, you can't. You yeah. know, I was just like, holy. And then I got, he got swarmed. Like, he was so calm and cool under pressure because like a hundred drunk metalheads just swarmed him. He had no security. It was like Penn Station rush hour, with, but everyone was trying to get on, instead of getting on a train, they were trying to get to Stephen Harris. To to- <laughs> and he's just standing there with a smile, and I'm like, this guy's so smooth under pressure, man. Yeah. He's like 5'3", right? And he, I had none, yeah, he wasn't big. He's like 5'3". He wasn't big. But, um, and I had none even get signed, so I got my ticket stub signed, and I was just like, and then they announced Maiden at the Garden with Halford and Queensryche, Halford solo. And everyone's like, the Garden? Maiden can't play the fucking Garden. Like, it's not, the 80s anymore and it sold out and that was such a huge turning point for metal in the states because everyone told them that this place is going to be half empty and they sold it out and they were so proud and so psyched he talked about it like three times that night he's like you people all showed up and this and he's like metal's coming back and we're fucking back it was like a rallying cry it's wow. like yo leave your kids home again it's time to be a metalhead again you suburban losers <laughs> And then, and like everyone, they, yo, there great. were dudes there that were like 38 wearing like their trooper jackets that they had in eighth grade that <laughs> didn't even fit on their tits. It was, re- <laughs> but everyone was like in that mindset, like right. this is special. And Halford opened that night. It's before he rejoined Priest. You know, he saw metal was coming back. He opened, he had put out that resurrection record. Yeah. He went metal again instead yes. of that mm-hmm. two garbage he was doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And those yeah. were the ripples of metal starting to come back. Definitely. You know, and yeah. it was like that every- resurrection title tracks. Sure. That whole record's sick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And oh. that was huge, man. Like that Maiden came back proper. And then Brave New World was coming out and everyone was scared. And it's like, and if you accept New Maiden, it's the only new new Maiden record I think is great. Wicker Man. Yeah, I mean, that was the that single. That was on there. Um, and then I saw him like a couple of years later at the Garden again with uh, Motorhead and That was Dio. the next time they came back. Yeah, man. Yeah. And they were still great. Of course. But the- Motorhead and Dio opening? That's insane. Yeah. But Motorhead played the nobody that night. Well, because they were on at 7.30. Yeah. Like, the garden is, like, punctual as fuck. But I saw Maiden at um, Jones Beach, and that was, like, even... And Motorhead opened, there was even less people. It was, like... It was dismal. Yeah. Like, the, the, you know, that, that opening slot's a death slot. It is, because, mm, like, there, there's no... You know, I, I guess maybe we're used to, like, punk rock time sometimes. <laughs> yeah, everything's two hours late. Yeah, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, no, it's... No, this shit's seven, punctual. 7.30. And, and punks don't tailgate in a right. parking lot. They go in and see the band and drink. When there's These metalheads drink... It's different. You know? Oh, metalheads are... Yeah, they're not Metalheads are more about barbecuing than they yeah. are, like, seeing yeah. the first two bands. It's I'm like, t- they all... Yo, yeah, I mean... Like when I just saw Slayer, like when we went to Jones Beach, it was yes. like Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrax, Napalm Death. No one went in and like, I'm like, I watched every single band and no mm-hmm. one went into like Anthrax. I yeah. hate that dad yeah. rock term, but dad rock to me is when you don't see opening bands that are great because you're barbecuing with your friend from high school. It's like, you're a <laughs> yeah. fucking idiot. Definitely. Do that tomorrow. Yeah. Bring your friend over for a burger tomorrow, you moron. See fucking Testament. What the fuck's wrong with you? I know. Um, Whatever. That's them. Yeah, so closing up, Legacy of the Beast Tour. I got my tickets. I'm going to... I'll just, be there. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read like uh, the set list for one of the it's shows. It's a pretty pure set list from what I heard. So Ace is High, Where Eagles Dare, Two Minutes to Midnight, The Klansman. That's guess, a Blaze track. I'm sure Gore doesn't know that. But he does it actually better, way better than Blaze. Really? Uh, the Trooper, Revelations, For the Greater Good of God, The Wicker Man, Sign of the Cross, Flight of Icarus, Fear of the Dark, Number of the Beast, and Iron Maiden. And then the Encore. Wait, there's no killers? No, the Encore is uh, 
Well, this is one of them. I'm sure that they'll mix it up. The, the evil that men do, hallowed be thy name, and run to the hills. So that I mean, was, that's a solid set. That's a fucking solid. You're never going to make. Beast? Was a number of yeah, beast yeah. on that? Yep. Yeah. You're yeah. never going to make everybody happy when you have that much material. That's a pretty you know solid. I mean? So no, that's, that's pretty good. good. I can't really complain. No, I'm pretty good. About that. There's at least ten. I saw classics. them. I saw them on on a matter of life and death tour, and I had no idea that they were going to play the whole record at the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. dude, people were livid. I was there too, Yo, man. I was there. I took my the wife's yeah. young like cousin you and I was like, no, you're going to hear the epic old one. And they just did that out. Well, because they didn't like, announce it in advance. No. That's no. what they did. That was Wait, shady. They did the whole yeah. record? The, that they, whole record? Yep. And Bruce was cursing old? people out who were yelling for old stuff. I remember like, somebody hand, wow. hang, like passing a sign up that yep. said play some old stuff and he ripped it in half and shit. He was mad. We're watching it and it's a pretty matter of life and death is okay. But like by the seventh song, me and my friend Dave, I'm like, yeah, I think they're going I think they're gonna play the whole song. It was, I was like, about three deep when I was like, eh, something's not fair. It was like European <laughs> vacation where by like, the time they like, got to the classics, like everyone's energy was drained or they felt betrayed. They barely gave They did them. four yeah. songs. It was yeah. like you know, Hollowed Be Thy Name. Uh, they did Evil like that four men old... do. They but did. why would they think uh, they would maybe? want to see that whole record? Two Why wouldn't they play, you know, another record? But, you know, Priest learned. They have the same management as Priest. Priest, like a year or two later, because Maiden got slammed for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. They announced, made, Priest announced that they were going to do their whole new record because they were proud of it. But yeah. they said, we're playing smaller venues. But if you want to see Priest in an intimate setting, we're playing us 3,000 right. seaters. Well, they did it right. But we're doing a new record. Right. But they put it out there straight up. Maiden is always... They never swerved their fans. They always like cool, a but that new was a record swerve, that they man. were going to jam swerve. down my throat. Like a, That's what I thought. It was a like, major swerve. You know, Everyone was like, that, what the that fuck? Was you don't swerve. do that. No. But from that moment on, now they're doing the two years. So then they put out the record, and then now they do something like Legacy of the Beast. They always like do the on and off. So they, well, because they learn the hard way. Oh, yeah, they have because we everyone was there. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yo, if it was the '80s and they did that, there would have been cars on fire in the park. <laughs> oh, forget it. Like, if they did that during the yeah. Somewhere in Time tour, yeah, every guy like me and Gore would have set yeah. the fucking Coliseum <laughs> on fire. I'd like, kill straight myself, up, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been throwing fire extinguishers through the windows. <laughs> like, that's the mindset, then, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, but I man. mean. But, you know, everyone's older and just yells and complains and goes on social media like, that sucked. Because it's a different vibe. Ron still keeps it real. You got to bring firecrackers back at M80s. concerts. So if they're going to play a full album from top to bottom like that, I'm like, yo, fuck this. And just like... Yeah, you know, like I almost got killed with M80s at some Slayer shows at the Garden. Those were the worst. That was the worst. I got blown off a chair at Clash of the Titans. (laughs) It was like a Vietnam thing. People don't realize that's another topic about fireworks in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I saw Rat and Poison. I won tickets. I didn't buy them. I saw Rat and Poison in 87. (laughs) You're safe. You're better than the I go to the show, me and, me and a friend of mine. Dude, I almost got my fucking eardrum ripped out yeah. by like an M80. I said, this is a rat and poison show. Who's, no, mostly girls here. Is yeah, anywhere safe? A, who's lighting these <laughs> What kind of society is it? Some you know, man can't go see bleach, poison. Is that bleach that. blonde on the kick shirt? Is she throwing, throwing M80s? Throwing <laughs> trays an angry, of fireworks, An angry boyfriend who didn't win tickets. He yeah. had to pay for it. If we oh. never do a Slayer one, I'll tell you my Slayer story in 10 seconds. It's Clash of Titans. Allison Chains open up because Death Angel got in a van accident. It's Anthrax, Megadeth, oh, Slayer. Accent. That's when the, yeah. I remember, the drummer yeah. got fucked up. Yeah, I remember. So um, I watch Anthrax and Megadeth and Alice in Chains up top with my friends, but I have like a 10th row seat in reality. And I mean, I'd seen Megadeth and Anthrax like 12 times by then. So I was like, ah, it's an arena. I don't need, I've seen them in the clubs a bunch. Right. But Slayer, I got to be in the violence, you know? So I go down, I'm with my friend Kevin. And the way it's set up is like, there's 30 row, there's the stage. Then there's 30 rows of chairs. Then there's a walkway and like a nerd, another 30 rows of chairs. I get to like my 10th row seat. 
it's like the first 30 seconds is an intro, maybe like a Hello Waits type intro thing. And an M80 blows me off my chair. Like it blows me five feet off my chair. I felt like I was in MASH. I was like, what the fuck? I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground and like everything's spinning. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like wobbling around like a lost puppy. And I go past the 30 rows between the two sections of 30 rows and there's like a hundred security guards they're like holding back. It's like it's like Black Friday shit. They're holding back like 500 rabid metal fans who are trying to climb over each other to get to the front and they're throwing their chairs over the top and I'm getting hit with chairs. I'm like wobbling around. I'm getting hit with chairs. I'm like, what the fuck is happening to me? It all happens in 20 seconds. And my friend grabs me and they knock the security guards over and like 500 metal just bum rush the place and there's chairs being thrown everywhere and it's complete madness. The, the was that, the, the, was that the show when Tom Murray was like, thanks, New York, you no, that fucking was the, assholes? That was the, the Felt That right, was Felt Form. That was underneath the garden. My bad. That yep. one was even more psychotic. Yeah. That one didn't, almost didn't happen. There was <laughs> that, Riot Gear that, that M80 was lit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, that was clever. Yeah. I'm going to put a lit that M80 up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But that was violence. It was really, it was crazy. So um, in, in closing, I, I just want to... You know, like I said, let's me personally, I thought it'd be fun to to just say the 10 Iron Maiden songs that we like the best. Okay. so we'll start with you. Just give me, you know, read off the the, the 10 that you. It's hard to put this in any kind of order, so I'll just read it off here. Um, uh, Caught Somewhere in Time, uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Wasted Years, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Flight of Icarus, Number of the Beast, Aces High, Trooper, Killers, and um, Still Life. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Still life. Still life. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love that song, but that's. I had to pick one deep cut. Yeah, you went deep. Yeah. (laughs) I went. I went half and half deep, and so good list. Gore. Uh, no particular order. Die with your boots on. Sun and steel. To tame a land. Still life. Flight of Icarus. Purgatory. Killers. Sanctuary. Flash of the blade and number the beast. Nice. He went. He went early, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you went deep cut after deep cut. Peace of mind. You went all deep. I don't have a list. Was my other one that almost. You don't have a list. You don't like. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a top ten list. But I will say my favorite, my two favorite albums. My favorite Bruce album is Number the Beast by a hair over Peace of Mind, just like the smallest, Mm -hmm. and Killers. And if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Killers. That's the only list I could do. I don't have a song list per se. Okay, what about after your after your list? Yeah, what I'm, about I'm gonna fa- do. I'm gonna what about a favorite artwork? We could do a favorite. Oh yeah, yeah oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That that that's mandatory. So for me, <laughs> Klansman. <laughs> See a madness. <laughs> You're gonna say that. I know you are. Of course, I'm gonna Book say of that. Souls. All right. <laughs> All right. The prophecy, the clairvoyant. Okay. Uh, Wasted Years and Sea of Madness. All right, so that covers those two records. Flight of Icarus, just fucking so good. Wrathchild, Prisoner, Iron Maiden, Two Minutes of Midnight, Flash of the Blade, and The Trooper. That's my top ten right there for sure. Um, so, What's your favorite record? All right, so my favorite record, my least favorite record out of everything, No Prayer for the Dying. It's just not, it, it, it's just not a great record. No. And for no. me, Seventh Son... I get that power, um, uh, peace of mind is probably the one that I think is the best album. 
but I can't. I, Seventh Son, just it's I don't know. It's the first one that I really listened to. It's the first one that just connected with you got me. Got an attachment to it. I got yeah. an attachment to it, man. And I love every single one of those songs a lot. So that's my favorite. What's your favorite? Uh, Peace of Mind. Um, it was between that number the Beast, uh, but Peace of Mind just. Uh, I don't know. Every song on it is great. I mean, the first like five tracks are all are all made in live staples. You, you could know. say bangers. <laughs> I was just, if you're I was talking poser, around you're, it, I was like, if you're a total poser, head? you could say bangers. <laughs> Tell us I how lit back. it is. Yeah. I held back. <laughs> About to get an M80 under. But that. I mean, song after fire. song, where eagles dare. Yeah. Listen to the terminology of us describing Maiden and you guys. <laughs> it's like two different planets. It's like. But we get to the same destination. Yeah, we get to the same destination. You know what I mean? Yeah, with grossly different language. <laughs> yeah, and you're definitely at least like fucking, you're 45. You're closer to Ron's age. <laughs> He's just nicer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> what would you, your favorite record? Favorite album, probably, probably Peace of Mind next to The Number of the Beast. And it's tough, though. Yeah. Probably Peace mm-hmm. of Mind. All right, so the first five. Perfect. Yeah. All right, yo, best album cover, and we'll close it up there. Uh, live after death count, even though it's a live sure. album. All right. yeah, why I, not? I, I don't know what it is. It's that the is coloring really on there. Good. It's right there. Eddie looks so fucking good coming out of the grave and the and the blue and the yellows and stuff. The whole thing just fucking looks so great. It was my, one of my first back passage back patches too. Still have one. Death. Yeah. Amazing artwork. That's cool. Yeah. And there's yeah, all kinds of little, like all those albums, that there's all little tidbits in there. The gravestones That's in the, the back. Yeah. Do you remember the, the alternative? Do you remember the alternative live after death artwork? No. It, like, uh, it was like in a hit parade. It was like a two-page spread. Oh, I remember that. It was, light, it was light blue, and yep. Eddie was completely different. So it's like it's pretty it's pretty, it's pretty rare. It might be in that, that magazine, but um, I think artwork, I think, uh, I think one of the singles for Twilight Zone was really fucked up. Made in Japan and definitely Purgatory. I think Purgatory, hands down, is the scariest, most satanic, brutal metal cover ever. Number one for me, Purgatory. Yeah, my favorite Maiden artwork is actually on singles. Yeah, I definitely. love There's everything. Run to all the hills. of them. Run I mean, to the, of my them three favorite would be Run to the Hills, mm-hmm. Purgatory, and the Sanctuary P where he's like stabbing Thatcher. He like just killed Thatcher. She's tearing down a Maiden poster. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty like extreme, fucking, too, yeah, man. I, I, think, you know, I wasn't they, even. They got in a lot of heat for that shit. Man. They I, claimed it wasn't her because they got so like right. worried. Absolutely. But it's like, yo, that's Margaret Thatcher tearing down a maiden thing, and you're and Eddie's killing her. That's fucking hard. Yeah, I think they, I think they went a little harder on on the singles for sure. They went and the number of the beast too. where he's holding the the devil's head. Devil's head. What about Made in Japan where he's holding Paul? Yeah, he's holding Paul's head. Purgatory, I, mean, I think, was the most satanic. I mean, uh, quick story: I would go to Mexico. My dad lived there. And 81, 82, you'd see amazing amounts of merch, like for Maiden in supermarkets, you know? So, like, I went to a supermarket and I'd see a purgatory long sleeve, and it's like $2. <laughs> wow. So awesome. With, with like so rare much. tour dates. That's what I heaven mean. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I really, he be. brought sick Maiden stuff. I should have brought my fucking Maiden stuff. I have at least my shirts, man. Yeah. You should have so, brought the shirts. Yeah. For sure. So I could be angry. <laughs> I'm gonna close it I'm gonna say my favorite album cover is Killers just cause it's raw yep. That's it's great. minimalist 
fucking Eddie. Eddie looks savage dope on that shit. Straight up, like, he's a young Eddie. He's, he's a he's, young. Well, in the first album, he had that Eddie. punk haircut. But the first album, he went full he was metal. A, and the first cover, he was an infant. Yeah. The second cover, he was getting laid. The yeah. third cover, he they threw him somewhere because he was depressed. You know, then he came back to be God. Then they killed him again. I mean, but the first one is so perfect because it's a band no one knows anything about, and they have this deranged looking Innocent. fucking. But the guy, right. but Eddie on the cover, he's chilling. He doesn't really know what's going on. It's like, in other words, he's not pissed like killers. He's just kind of chilling. Yeah. He's like, "What's what's up, man?" Yeah, what's so, up? <laughs> so you can't hate him. You grew you grew to really, really like the guy. You know. Yeah, he, he definitely kicked it up a notch on Killers, you know? Killers yeah. is hard. I mean, that's definitely the sickest art. It just like, it's simple, but it's, it's so It's simple, sick. but it's just like, you you know you're getting something good. The detail, the people in the background and the windows. And the like all this I love the How Run to the Hills. How big he is though. on it, the whole thing is perfect. The Run to the Hills rules, because he's like in the confrontation, and then there's all the people watching. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Around there, the flame. It's like, there's I like not, the Aces High one, I can't too. think of many bands that have as many great covers. Like, yeah. they might... What and about what about forget? I mean, yeah, the tour shirts and stuff. The tour shirts oh, and the flyers, it. the European flyers that yeah. came out at the time, which like obviously there are books and stuff, but there's so many where it's like I didn't understand where Derek Riggs even had the time. All the yeah. import Maiden's worst art is better than ninety nine percent of yeah. the band's yeah. best oh, art. Absolutely, it's like absolutely. it's on a it's in a league by itself. Absolutely, and it's fitting that No Prayer for the Dying was not done by Derek, and it's the. <laughs> Album. Yeah. What about X Factor? I don't know anything about that. Was that what kind of artwork was that? I that mean, was weird. It was. It, it's like cyber, isn't it? That's Jesus terrible. Christ. That's Wait, terrible. it looks like I. He I don't did even, two albums, right? He did two Plays. studio records. X Factor looked kind of like almost like claymation, right? Is that the one? Jesus. No, isn't it like looking like some like modern Star Trekky one? Isn't that X Factor? Hmm. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know those albums too much. Anyway, why would they? Why would they, they call not album X Factor? But Yo, Bruce sings those songs live, and they sound way. You better. actually, oh, yeah. you guys had Blaze Bailey. On yeah, we your interviewed podcast. him. Me and Artie interviewed him on the same <laughs> Vitus <laughs> totally, podcast. He yeah. was totally cool. He seemed super cool. Super cool. Huge Maiden fan. Yeah. He even said when they were kicking him out, he's like, "You better be getting Bruce back." Yeah. He's like. The world needs Iron Maiden, and that of course he was totally like. That's cool. He just that's seemed like that's he a did tough two gig fucking records to take. Them. What more know? do you want? Yeah, that's a tough game. That's I like Gary him. Sharon and Van Halen. You just don't stand oh, a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some shoes that are like just unfillable. Well, you know what? Fuck the Van Halen brothers for thinking they could do that two times in a row. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you, you get you, because those guys are the most delusional. Those yeah. brothers are the most delusional, sick bastards of anywhere. The megalomaniacs. Yeah. You you think you're you're gonna get your son to fucking or yeah your son to sing harmonies like Michael Anthony? I don't think so. But Anthrax has like four singers, you know. I mean, some of these yeah. bands just they keep. Do, no, yeah, but Anthrax or Anthrax there really had no integrity with what they were doing with Bush and like the way they went back and forth with Bush. They, and they had an identity crisis then. Yeah, even though he's a great heavy metal. Singer. And Anthrax Absolutely. did that best. Uh, was it the best of both world? Whatever the fuck that album was, where where Bush sang the old songs. I always respected Maiden for never. Pulling a move like re-recording a Killers or made with didn't, Bruce because like have, yeah. Ozzy re-recorded albums with different players. To but a lot of that stuff has to do with money and label purposes. Publishing. It's got to do with payment. Like, I can hear I can hear Bruce sing it live and that's fine. But I'm I'm just glad they never did a fucking move right. like that. I don't like them. Anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah, man, this was the first episode. This is the Iron Maiden episode. Yes, very fitting. Thank Up you. the irons, people. Shout out to mm-hmm. all the rivet heads. Yep. And earth dogs. <laughs> earth dogs. <laughs> Jesus. We fucking, had to go deep. We're fucking old. <laughs> yeah, we're so old. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Gore, for yeah, doing No doubt, it. man. It was fun. And, uh, the shit it. was lit, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The shit was fire. That shit was shit. Mm-hmm.